Crank call, crank call, <laughs> crank, call, crank yes. podcast, crank, crank podcast. podcast. Hello, it's Unrelenting number seven, December 9th, 2021. I'm Darren O'Neill. Hey, G! Hey, 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 welcome to the show. Good to have you. Well, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> thanks for inviting you to your own show. Yeah, I'm the one that called you and said, hey, you want to do it early? You want to do this thing early? It's like, well, sure, it's better than doing it late. Yeah, that'd be good. But it doesn't matter. Now, when you're just record shows and you're not live, we need to do test out some of them live streaming capabilities of these other services. But video is coming so soon that that is what I think the big reveal will be. Yeah, video videos almost here. I mean, we've done all the tests now. It's just a matter of getting it actually set up and hitting the hitting the button. And there is a lot going on. There was for the first time in a while there were a lot of tech stories slash social media stories that I was going through over the last week. I'm like, oh, okay, we actually need to mm. to bring this in. You mean like video game software company type stories? Well, no, that's you. You're the video oh, game okay. software guy. I'm talking more about things now. This one. I only saw this mentioned on a social media platform. So, you know, this could be so wrong. So it's PR. Got it. But you mentioned that it was a thing because somebody asked you about this. So now I'm asking you about this. About what? The Rumble and Locals. Are they going public? Is that what I'm gathering? Uh, Yeah. In a manner of speaking, they are. And I do feel like there's an awful lot of infighting going on and, and a lot of hating for success. And uh, it's it's very disconcerting because I don't understand. Well, I guess I kind of understand where it's coming from, but it's self-defeating is the problem. Who's fighting with who? The people that are part of these companies or the uh, fan base? There's or an the- awful lot of, I guess, I don't, I don't know if you call them fan base. There's a lot of average people. There's all just people on Noted and Social, people out and, and you know, uh, fans of Tim's, just people in general. Like, oh, they're selling out. They sold out. Oh, fuck them. So. I don't understand how you get sold out from going public. Like I see how you could say they sold out if Microsoft acquired them, right? I totally get that. Yes. I see how you could do that if Facebook acquires them or whoever. Uh Google. Okay? So that makes sense cuz you know what's tied to that. But when a company reaches that point where it's its value is high enough, to justify going public and selling stock and um you know even if it's not going to be a particularly expensive stock even if it's going public on a penny stock which this would not be this would actually be at a higher price but even if that was the case how the hell is that selling out you're essentially now going through the process of being able to invite anybody to buy stock in your company right not only just wealthy people and companies right and the leadership would be the same that's where it's not selling out but even beyond that it's like no leadership would be up to the stockholders that's the crazy part that i i don't see how people think this is a bad thing this is my response yeah i mean does everybody think that it's going to have some kind of big liberal group buy everything up and then it's it's sort of like well if that was the case then you know fox news would have been bought by some 
big liberal group a long time ago. Would make sense. You know, it, there, there's a, this idea that somehow if a company is on the stock exchange, whether New York or, or uh, one of the other minor exchanges, if that somehow, uh, like over the counter or whatever, that, that somehow is, that's a bad thing. I don't, I don't understand that because really what you're doing is right. Cause look, uh, deals with Facebook, Google, uh, even just deals with wealthy individuals have already been possibilities like that. That doesn't require you to go public to be either acquired wholly or to have a, a percentage of your company owned by somebody for putting in a substantial chunk of money. Like going public is not a prerequisite to that. Right. So the only thing that going public does is it now it allows people that like what the company is doing to buy their stock. And the example I think used was uh, GameStop, which was rescued from essentially a, uh, a hostile takeover in order to liquidate it for its assets. And the only reason that company is still around today was because it's publicly traded is because they're, they're in a, uh, uh, well, they happen to have been, I mean, I'm sure it's out of a lot of companies probably deserving of this, but they happen to have been targeted by a group of people that have a little bit of money to invest. And they're all doing it at the same time and saying, not on my watch. Right. We're not going to allow you guys to bankrupt this company. Well, not, it's not even bankrupt, but to, well, buy the company case, and, and I mean, chop the, it up for assets. The stock was really cheap, and they realized yeah. that people had shorted it so much that if they yep. couldn't actually complete the short, they were going to get screwed. So buying up the stock caused yeah. those people to get screwed, which... But in this case, there's nothing whatsoever stopping the average Joe from buying one share of uh, whatever the the final name of this company is going to be. I can't remember. Maybe I already said what it's going to be. But essentially, the company that is going to be traded publicly, that is the owner of Rumble, there's nothing to stop people from just putting in really small orders and being able to buy it. Right. And I, I think don't understand that the concept. is the best way to ensure that the company doesn't end up getting uh, you know, acquired by somebody you don't want or to be controlled by somebody you don't want. Because in the end, the way that uh, the, the CEOs of company are chosen is they're chosen by boards of directors. And the people that are on the board of directors are representing all the stockholders and, and typically come from the largest stockholders. Right. If you have enough stock in any company, you get to vote on what is going on with that company. Absolutely. Exactly. And and there have been plenty of examples of companies that have wanted to do a merger or an acquisition. And there was a vote by the uh, stockholders and it fails because the stockholders didn't want that particular deal to go through just because somebody was trying to push it through. So I mean, this is it doesn't make a sense. Good thing. Yeah. Like being a publicly traded company. Uh, means that they're less likely to go, you know, do something just by the whim of any single individual. Right, right. Well, that was what I was going to say. There would seem to be way more stability if it's a publicly traded company than if it's owned by one entity. 
And people are like, well, there's going to be, they could, they could be open to a hostile takeover. Well, no, not really. Not if you don't want to have that happen. But what you need to do is buy stock and hold it. The only way hostile takeovers work, if there's enough people wanting to get rid of their stock in that particular company that the acquiring company can get a substantial majority share uh, or majority combined with people that agree with what they want to do to be able to do that takeover. Yes. Nobody people, ever watched Shark Tank. I know. It's, if people just <laughs> buy and hold stock, don't like day trade it, but actually hold it. You can prevent a hostile takeover. I mean, again, you know, if you watch Shark Tank, I mean, I know this is breaking it down to this dumb, easiest level possible. But if you're going to give somebody 51 percent of your company, you give up control. If you keep 51 percent, you have control. It's it's a simple mathematics thing. And uh, remember, this is where Zucker uh, Zuckerberg did something completely unheard of, which is retaining that controlling ownership of a gigantic company. Which is nothing wrong with that. If you want to control the company that you started, the only way it's going to get sold out is if the people that are going into the public offering decide to sell out all their shares. Yeah. And I yeah, just and, don't get the concept. Even if here. it's, even if the shares, you know, the shares are going to be offered by institutions, they're in it to make money, not to control the company. So they're going to be jumping in and then instantly putting that same. Uh, stock that they just bought up for sale for a few bucks more or whatever, a, a number of percentages higher. If they can turn around and make 10% profit in one day after uh, after they acquire that stock, that's awesome for them. Yeah, it's like a that's, crypto. So I, I really don't understand where this hostility is coming from. It, it's, it's a it's definitely a misunderstood uh, occurrence. And I think people are just like, anytime somebody is going to sell something like, oh, he's selling out. No, you know who sold out? Joe Rogan sold out. <laughs> right. Don't look at who sold out. Yes. There's a good example. There's Mr. a person Spotify. that was fully, fully in the control of his business that got an offer that was really good and did a deal to where Spotify is in control of his business. Well, and you can say, well, but you know, Joe can do whatever he wants. It's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He really can't. And we saw that by the number of episodes and specifically which episodes were removed and never put back on. Yes. Spotify wants to edit him and these episodes. They can certainly do it because they now own Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and Joe did get a pretty good deal from what I've from what I've heard. Hey, is the money's that, good. Well, aside from the money, like he retained the long term ownership of that property so that once his Spotify contract's over, which is only like three and a half years or something left, once that contract's over, he retains the rights to all the stuff he did in the past as well. So, uh, you know, I'm sure he had great lawyers. This is a substantially large enough deal that you would spend. You would hope hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars, on lawyers while you're working on the deal. That that would not be out of question. Well, and the but, other thing here with the Rumble and locals, and for those if you don't know, Rumble is basically a YouTube competitor and Mm -hmm. locals is basically a Patreon competitor. Both of those companies, Patreon and YouTube, which is of course owned by Google is Patreon owned by somebody bigger. They're just, uh, I don't think so, but maybe somebody did buy them and I'm just not in the, uh, in the know on that, but the reality would be, you need started as a standalone. Yeah. Well, you need a lot of money to compete with companies of the size that they are, especially competing with YouTube. 
And what going public brings you is a ton of money if it's done right. What what I'm surprised by is that PayPal didn't just completely knock off what Patreon was doing early in its growth phase, because now Patreon is sort of the de facto company for setting up a, a donation account, even they, even though at least when they started, when I first signed up to Patreon, they were they were asking for your uh, PayPal to process the money. So right. all they really did, at least when they started, I mean, they probably do more now, is be the intermediary between, oh, I'd like to support this person and get access to something. That's all they provided is, is they they got whatever the destination PayPal account was for the the artists or whoever you're supporting. And they, they would take money via from PayPal, PayPal from, right. from uh, people donating. And then once that transaction clears, then they give access to the people donating to something that's, you know, pre-set up by the artist. And it was, again, I'm sure they're doing more than that right now. But it's uh, it's a fairly basic thing that PayPal, frankly, could have just duplicated overnight. And it would have been easy enough for them to do. But well, Let's remember. Netflix was offered to Blockbuster for what, about a half a million dollars at one mm-hmm. point, and, and they didn't take that. But you're seeing this. Well, and Amazon at some point was uh, trying to get uh, some established store line to buy them as well. I can't remember who. Well, and you're seeing this now with Discord, which has finally realized that companies like uh, Patreon being one of them. As part of their, hey, we're setting up a membership account for you. We'll give access. You know, we'll set it up so we can give people that join on Patreon special access to your server on Discord. And Discord finally went, hey, wait, wait a minute. This seems like we should be, uh, yeah, we should be in on this. And it looks like they are. But this is also something that I've noticed because I hadn't sold anything on eBay in a long time. And I bitched here mm-hmm. about the fees and everything that are included, which you know rightfully so and so we have a note with the donation a little bit later talking about the ebay fees but the thing that was most interesting to me beyond the fees was the fact that ebay does not allow you to take payment via paypal anymore ebay actually takes the money and then puts it directly into your checking account yes so they're the ones now now taking the money they they, that's They've got to still allow it because I just nope. bought something on PayPal uh, on eBay three days ago and paid for it with PayPal. I don't. Maybe you're paying uh, eBay with PayPal, but I do not see that option unless this is something from out of the country or something. I did not see that option. The only option is eBay collects the cash. Hmm. And maybe I'm missing something, but that is all I saw. There was no people could pay with PayPal. This was eBay took the money, and after like two or three days they put it into the checking account. They're like, oh, if you want to continue selling on eBay, you must provide a checking account number, which, Hmm. of course, also makes things way easier for them to track when it comes to the government doing taxes and everything on this stuff. eBay's also, as I talked about when bitching about the fees, they're also taking the sales tax, whether you want to charge the sales tax or not. Yeah, that is kind of bullshitty. I noticed that, too, because uh, they're charging sales tax on used digital items yes on everything which is insane that they're they're like this would never be taxable it's i don't understand i it's 
Well, and like the legality of I, you know, ended up with an extra Lego set and sold it on eBay and I paid sales tax and then they took the sales tax again. Now, legally, I don't believe you have to charge sales tax and as an individual, you know, who got me, you know, you got an extra gift or something and you already had one and you just want to go sell it to somebody at a, you know, on the street. I mean, eBay (laughs) is literally a garage sale, right? And I don't know, maybe there are states where people selling goods at a garage sale are still supposed to charge tax and file, uh, you know, for use tax and stuff with the state. But maybe, I guess, but oh, my God, nobody's ever done that to any any garage sale I've ever been to in multiple states. Can you imagine? I mean, I the way I've always understood it, and this is probably completely wrong from a legal standpoint, was. If sales tax has already been paid on the item, you don't need to charge it again. Meaning now, if I have a merchant account with somebody and I'm buying a bunch of guitars directly from Gibson and it's a wholesale account and I'm not paying sales tax because I'm buying them wholesale, then, of course, if you sell them legally, you have to get sales tax. I mean, if you buy a used guitar from Guitar Center, you're still paying sales tax. Well, yeah, because Guitar Center is always going to charge. But as an individual person. but and that's the thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Is because that was my impression as well. Is that as an individual, you're not required to collect sales tax, and if you combine individual with used item, right? It's kind of like how how am I supposed to charge sales tax on something that I've used? Although cars are an exception, you sell a used car, you sell your old car to you know private party, they're still you're still on the hook to collect tax on that. And then, uh, or I guess the government, well, the government does it. That's right. The tax is collected the when they file with the title. So it's not, but so it's, you're, they're still paying tax, but you're not on the hook to collect it. So it's I guess maybe that's the same thing here is that you're still on the hook for all taxes, but since eBay is collecting it, they'll pay it for you on your behalf. Yes, yeah, so somebody buys something to resell it, and then the, that that person resells it, and every time it sells, it just keeps. Yeah. Wrecking. Well, that's I, I. I it's certainly the case for companies because if you have a company and you're in the we buy used crap and resell it business, you're still charging sales tax on every sale. Right, but you're not now. Somebody comes in and sells. So if if you're a used bookstore, CD store, which there are still some of those around. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're paying sales tax. If I go in and sell them they an are. album for a dollar, are they are mm-hmm. they giving me sales tax to then send to the state when they buy it from me? No, you're supposed to either charge them sales tax or or but when they resell that album. Oh yeah, when they resell, tax. but I'm just saying with the process of them buying it from me, they're not paying me sales tax, which is kind of but, what But again, that's where I think it's the individual versus a company thing. Which can make sense. That I could see. Because otherwise, the company can go. Yeah. No, no, all of this but was I don't used. Know if, the, if it's just the individual, that would be okay. Because you, know, you, you as an individual could just go and buy a whole bunch of shit wholesale and start selling it without incorporating. Yeah, and you'd still be liable for the sales tax for those sales. Which is why the IRS is about to do way more audits now. Well, they're yeah, they're trying to make, get their solution to spending money in the government is just simply figure out ways to pull more in yeah how to squeeze more money out of people and this is going to affect people i think Mm -hmm. that if the stat i read was correct it was about half of the new audits are going to be on people making under seventy eight thousand a year which hey everybody hey everybody listening to us 
That means mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in that group that well uh, i mean that's a that's a good thing for the rich right because uh it means there's going to be fewer audits of rich people there were yeah there was uh there's going to be mm-hmm. more for them too but the reality was somebody did a breakdown and people way smarter than i am with math and economics said that the biden whole tax thing which is supposed to you know according to aoc nancy pelosi and all these people you know soak the rich get them to pay their fair share is actually going to be better for the rich than what is currently around mm-hmm. which it's it's amazing how stupid these people are. It really is. There is a lot of stupid. Actually, I commented on this. I don't know if it was on YouTube or somewhere else recently to where uh, I, I said, you know, I can almost kind of see the argument for population control at this point because the number of stupid people has shot up so high in the recent decades that I'm almost ready to throw in the towel and and you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater because maybe we just really need a big reset. Maybe it's not the humans. Maybe it'll be the, you know, crocodile people that'll actually develop rockets in the future because we are moving in the wrong direction right now. Well, I think social media and the media in general is a big telling factor. I mean, when you look at the amount of people that are actually watching and engaging now, though, with the nightly newscasts, it's almost nobody. It Which is, is good because legacy media needs to die. Well, the, but they're, the news is horrible, but beyond that, it shows that people just are not engaged, which I think is a bad thing because apathy on how your country or world is being run will lead to bad things. And social oh, media is so very toxic. Good thing. I think what's bad is <laughs> no. the alternative, which is people getting their news from TikTok. Oh, oh, I agree with that. I agree that's horrible. Or any social media. TikTok, let's see, are they the worst right now when it comes to that? I'm guessing. I mean, it's Instagram and TikTok are probably close. Twitter is close as well. Facebook, I think it drops off a little bit and it's not as toxic. But yeah, TikTok and Instagram and Twitter just so very toxic and filled with a bunch of crap. And we have a, a Twitter story too that I pulled for today. But before that, the uh, new Donald Trump thing, which he's raised like a billion dollars, allegedly, for this new social media platform, which is going to be called Truth yep. Social, mm-hmm. which, I think, which I think that is a great name. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, is it kind of reminds you back to the KGB days. You know, you will you will get truth on Truth Social, um, mm-hmm. but it's going to be running on Mastodon, the code. I'm sure they're going to be doing some. I don't want to say upgrades, but changes to the code. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out and oh, I'm sure they've done them already. whether or not the right out of the box, whether or not this social media platform will have the Fediverse activated. So it will basically join an existing pool of people or if this is going to come in like, well, I think they're going to have to because one of the problems, at least that I've understand to be the case with uh mastodon and would be the case with its derivatives is it's really not built for a large number of users on one system correct so it has very good ability to federate but it's not particularly well-written software to just be running a gigantic instance mastodon isn't there is the uh, pleroma 
which is all of them, all of these things. I mean, they're well, they're, but Mastodon's the worst as far as taking up server resources and how much you need to run it. Mm-hmm. The ones that get a much smaller footprint, obviously, you can handle a bigger user base without breaking the bank. But if you have a billion dollars, I guess you could buy a few servers. Well, you, the problem is it's not just a matter of checking more servers into it because the you're going to have speed decrease logarithmically, right. not linearly. So adding in the you know doubling the number of users will cut your speed uh, by uh, down by seventy five percent. So it it you're going to run into major issues if the software isn't designed from the get go uh, to be running a large user base. It's not optimized for database access, memory storage, and other things, which just don't matter when you're running a small number of users. Um, it's probably not designed to be run on multiple servers at the same time. Now, I could be just talking total shit because I haven't looked at the source code for this thing, but from talking to people who have, that is my impression. Well, it depends what kind of work they've done on the code before they're going live with this. Yeah, I think the biggest instance of uh, a, a a code base based on Mastodon is um, uh, Torba's site. What, what, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, I don't know. Or not Torba's. Uh, the yeah, the ones that uh, the the left always points the finger as a bunch of Nazis. That they they have their own server thing. What the hell are they called? I don't know. There's so many of them. It's hard to keep track. Well, of them they're all. the big one. Uh, God, I forgot. Well, anyway, they're they're unhappy about uh, this Trump thing because they were trying to lure Trump in to have the account on their system forever. And oh, you mean Gab? Was that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Gab, Gab. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Gab was, I think, and and is right now the biggest single instance of users um, on a product that's derived off of the. Uh, uh, mastodon platform now as i understand this if you make any kind of changes to the mastodon code base because it is open source you also have to make those open source is that part of you i think their yeah. license yep which yep. could be great if trump put a bunch of money into this to make this a little bit uh more of a thoroughbred rather than the clunky like you said can't really handle a ton of users yeah. it gets slow this could be really well, good for the there, open source. There's ways around it, though, because it's really, it's only for things that you directly tweak and optimize for, hopefully optimize anyway, in the code base that, that is on that type of license. But you could also simply create a sort of a glue from scratch that takes a lot of these elements that uh, Mastodon uses. And then maybe write your own uh, code for doing a multi-server hosted, multi-threaded kind of scenario where you're you're like running a bunch of little Mastodon kernels all at the same time that are all doing lots of little bits. And that portion you would not have to make uh, open source. Uh, so you can kind of hide the special sauce. Well, that's what most companies. I mean, if you look at a lot of software from like Microsoft, from uh, Apple, a lot of them will have at the end of terms of service, they'll have like a paragraph or two of the open source crap all that they're using. 
because a lot of commercial software uses open source licensed code. They just encapsulate it. Makes sense. It's the best of all worlds for them. They get the ability to use it and then be like, well, yeah. no, we're, we're, that's why they pay the lawyers the big bucks because we're within exactly. the, yeah, we're within the legal code. That makes sense. But it'll be interesting to see how that goes. If it's been pushed back a little bit, but it's, uh, yeah. And, and this is the other thing. So as far as Trump's thing, it's a similar argument. It's like, oh, there, there are plenty of people right now talking about how, oh yeah, this Trump thing, total sellout. Uh, it's not worth joining. You gotta, you gotta be on uh, a federated system. That's like, you're running yourself. Okay. So not everybody is a, an IT person. Most aren't. Most people are that, that are listening to this show. Perhaps. Be- yeah. Because most people that are listening to this show also listen to no agenda where I think 95% work inside the IT space. It's a huge percentage of the crowd that has a job that's related to IT. Um, and you know, you you and I, we can guess as to why that's the case with no agenda, but certainly we know why it's the case with this show is because there's a lot of crossover with no agenda, but that's not representative of everybody who's interested in politics. There are tons of people that are political. No, a normal person has never heard Mastodon or Pleroma or Federation. They're like, uh, what? You know, in the yeah. terms that we're talking here. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> to those people, all all they care about is like, oh, Trump's building his own Facebook. Right. They want to see what he says. That's kind of the main thing. Mm-hmm. And they want to be able to interact and they want to be able to post stuff and feel like they're not going to get their post removed or be put into social media jail for yeah. doing the wrong thing. Yeah, and, exactly. And maybe that'll work great. Maybe that won't. It was interesting to me that Jack Dorsey, very shortly before he exited Twitter, made the comments that, you know, oh, we really would be interested in uh, federalizing uh, the Twitter thing as a whole. And I, I'm kind of curious if that had anything to do with him exiting the property if the other people high he up in Twitter that didn't years like that. ago. He's talked about that in the past. Yes, and more recently, too. Yeah. But I mean, he's, but that never happened. And a lot of people well, of course not. shit for him talking about it. And that never happened. Well, because if you're the biggest, I mean, this is where the argument would come in. If you're the biggest, why would you open up your playground mm-hmm. to the smaller players? Well, and if you remember, you've been around long enough that in its early days, Twitter had a very open API and there were a ton of apps that plugged directly into Twitter yeah, tweet and made deck. the user interface much better. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Twitter shut that whole thing down. Their API became bare bones. They wanted people to be going to their website, not using some third-party product. to. Because they went, the only way we know how to make money on this is ads. And if we're doing ads and somebody has an API, then they're not going to see the ads because they could scrape them out. Yeah, which they did. Yes, of course. Because nobody wants to see the ads. Exactly. You know, that's so, the problem with making money on this stuff is you have to figure out a way to eke yeah. out money f- without and charging most of the time. Uh, uh, Trump's thing, at least from what I've read, um, while it, it raised a bunch of money from investors, I mean, that's like, who's to say that's not going to be politically correct? There's a lot of assumptions going on here. People are betting 
that they understand and know what the future of something is, having zero involvement or impact in it. Well, that's true, because all of these social media. Well, and, 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 and I know, uh, sorry to interrupt you here, but I have also already seen messages from people that are on, let's say, the Nazi side of the equation. Right. Who are bitching about how the word um, anti-Semitism is used in the terms of service on both Trump's thing and um, uh, the, uh, the the other one we we're just talking about that I'm blanking Gab. out. No, 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 no. The Gab definitely not. No, they're like Gab everything's, is, Gab's everything's fine. Everything's fine. Exactly. It's Gab. Gab is okay on that count. Uh, no, no, the uh, Rumble. Right. So on, on the Rumble's terms of service, as well as on Trump's terms of service, uh, that the words anti-Semitism are in the uh, types of things that they can kick you off for. And, and I oh think my God, this people, has people in a tizzy. It's like, what? Well, what, see, is that's this? The what, what is this Jewish uh, conspiracy that, that Jews are running the world? God damn it. Look at this. Well, I think that's the problem, because I think a vast majority of people, while they don't want to be censored themselves, there is a vast majority that don't want to see certain types of content on social media. So it's really a yeah, like pedophilia, for example. Well, yeah, it's a I, catch I canceled Netflix because I don't Cuties. want to see pedophilia. You didn't want to see cuties Amongst over and over other again. Things. That's just one example of the multitude of pedophilia that they had. And the fact that their shows have dropped off to next to nothing and the content sucks. And the prices went up. Well, I don't even know about any of that because I haven't been on for a year. But it's the catch-22 that there's a lot of stuff people who don't want to be censored themselves don't want to see. So it's a, for any of these there's companies. A, there's a difference between uh, having a, a mono uh, culture where Alex Jones got kicked off of Apple, Google, YouTube, uh, and, and uh, about a dozen other platforms all within 48 hours of each other. Yeah, he was kicked off some platforms that didn't even exist yet. Exactly. That's exactly right. And between having a right-leaning, uh, you know, federated network and a left-leaning federated network, uh, there, as long as you've got that sort of variety of platforms, there's nothing that says you have to... Uh, not have any bent politically one way or the other anyway. And incidentally on Gab, while they, they would have, there, there is no restrictions on anti-Semitic conversations. There's tons of people that are very explicitly, uh, anti-Jewish, anti-black, anti-anything you can think of that are, I mean, they're not even Nazis. That's the sad part. It's like these, these neo-Nazi types, they don't know what fucking Nazis are. They they have not done the history work to understand what that is. They're just taking little bits and pieces of things that they like and think that they sound, I don't know, funny, good, whatever, and then quoting them and and then repeating things like, oh yeah, it's the Jewish conspiracy is behind the scenes for all this stuff. Um, but what they're doing is engaging in exactly the same behavior as other identity politics groups. Like Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter has way more in common with the neo-Nazi side of people that are on Gab than they do with me or most people that are, you know, 
politically libertarian or right of center. Well, yeah, because they're violently going after people that say things they don't like. It's not even that they don't like. They're going after people who they don't like the religion or the ancestry of. Right. Like literally things that have nothing to do with what these people's actual interests like. It's it's exactly the same thing as the uh, the presumption that if you're transsexual, that you're clearly supportive of all the rest of the bullshit liberal agenda. Right. Yeah. I mean, you want like, to uh, get some why? crap. <laughs> you want to get crap? Be yeah. a gay person or a transsexual person and go against the left exactly. narrative. Exactly. And this is why I've been a fan of Blair White for many years now and why she moved to Austin here uh, is because she did not see that as an automatic equation. It's like, what, just because I, I do something that isn't necessarily popular with conservatives means that I, I have to be for this crazy extreme liberal uh, side of it? Why? Makes no sense. Well, Same it's because thing. they want you to be in that little group. They want you to be commies. They want you to be socialists. They want everybody to be in lockstep. That's how their vision of the future yeah. works. But how does somebody's sexual preference, why does that have to define their political view? I don't understand don't that know. either. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, there should be just as many, probably more conservatives who are gay or gays who are conservatives. <laughs> whoops <laughs> either way it doesn't matter. either way but it, again it's sort of like that like one has nothing to do with the other and i i get that there are people that are uh within the republican party that may have uh religious or other objections to some people's sexual practices but that's a minority that's like a little tiny part of the social conservative side of the conservatives where the majority of the conservatives, uh, at least for the last decade in the Republican Party, are really fiscal conservative. And they may they may have limits that are not quite as broad as maybe uh, people on the other side of the equation as far as uh, their acceptance of other people's sexuality. But, oh, my God, like one doesn't fucking have anything to do with the other. Well, but that's how it was all been framed. If you were somebody that was a conservative Christian that would say, you know, my religion teaches me and I believe that homosexuality is wrong, but, you know, I would never go after somebody. I would never try to hurt anybody's life because they are gay. Just saying that you believe it's wrong was enough to get you slammed as a hater, you know, or. Worse. Yeah, but I, I believe it's wrong to pirate software and movies yeah i think it's ethically moral but you're not but going out mean, crusading and trying I'm to not, go exactly. after people i mean you know maybe in my past i might have done that <laughs> but but i was also getting paid to do that so there's there's that um uh i did actually work for uh one of the enforcement agencies many 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 years ago interesting what were you going after certain like just software software, software. software yeah yeah, it was the software SBA software publishers association for, uh, you know, all the illegal photoshops out there. Well, yeah, well, the, back in the day, mm -hmm. it was really easy. I mean, forget the fact, you know, back then the pirate sites like pirate Bay mm -hmm. were just coming around, but even more troublesome at that point, because this wasn't a whole online world was, 
you know, one guy in a company of 10,000 could actually go buy Photoshop for 600, 800 bucks, whatever it was. Yeah. And And then then install it on a bunch of machines. And that's exactly what I was looking for. And, and by the way, when you're, uh, and this is done fully with the compliance of the companies because they don't want to be, you know, getting sued or anything. But when you're going around and checking, uh, for, uh, illegally installed software, Oh boy, do you sometimes find other things that you don't really want to find? <laughs> is there is there a list? You have a top ten on work computers. Well, <laughs> just think of anything sexually related and go into an area where your mind doesn't really want to go. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not thinking okay, that. Hey, there we go. Yeah, and you're like, well, okay, your software is okay, but uh, <laughs> um, you might yeah, wanna- you might want to format your D drive. Just saying. Yeah. Well, people are dumb. They don't know how to hide that stuff which well, no I, I was just smart enough to know how to unhide it but again it's like dude it's your work computer yeah why are you loading porn on your work computer for christ's sake because well, you get bored at work you know jeffrey Tubin. Uh, not everybody can just hop on a zoom call you know yeah well yeah i guess i mean if if you I guess there are people that would masturbate on Zoom calls, but I couldn't imagine doing that. You're like, even you're like, hey, asshole, at I've, least 1080p. Come on. I've never been on a Zoom call that would uh, stir my loins, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, you're on the my wrong God, Zoom the calls. Most, I am on the wrong Zoom call, but it's like the most boring and like going nowhere things out there. So obviously you've never had Sasha Gray as a client. No, no, I would like to have her. Speaking of the the copyright things, YouTube, if when one of their first ever transparency reports, yeah, it breaks down to they're getting four million copyright claims a day. Mm-hmm. Four million copyright claims a day. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's an automated system. I'm surprised it's that low. Well, it's amazing that they think any system can handle that with accuracy, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Well, claims are not accurate. Claims no. are just suspicion. Claims are not accurate. The interesting thing when it comes to audio clips and video clips and all that is, well, how much can you use? There's fair use. There's uh, if you get a knee jerk yeah. reaction. But then- the claims are done automatically. So they're triggered regardless some of are. fair use exception. Some are automatically. Some are done. I think 99.95% are done automatically. You know, because you can take content that is copyright and create a product that is entirely legal. I broke down on my Random Thoughts podcast Mm -hmm. a song by Little Steven, Mm -hmm. who was Bruce Springsteen's guitarist. You might know him from The Sopranos. I do know him from The Sopranos and other things. Yes, he's a good guitarist. And when I put this out, he responded and he liked it. He you know, mm-hmm. listened to the episode. He's like, you know, uh, you probably put more thought and effort into breaking down one of my songs than anybody else ever did. And while, you know, we don't agree politically, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, he doesn't agree with you politically? No, he's a very liberal guy, which is. Which oh, is, well, fuck him. <laughs> which is fine. I mean. Ban him. Put him on the list. <laughs> put him on, put him the, on the list band. right now. <laughs> let's perma ban. Let's. Let's do a whole takedown. Let's make sure nobody buys his music right now. I like little Steven. I like his music. And it's okay. You How can, can you possibly like somebody who disagrees with you? What, are right. you not an American? I mean, you're I clearly not. a Nazi. I know. It's bad. I should go to a re-education camp or something like that. 
No, thankfully they're setting those up right now. So you'll be in good shape before too long. So it's like, you know, I took the, you know, each verse and the chorus and I played them so people could hear what the words directly out of his mouth. And there was no like, oh, yeah. you can't use my, you know, it's like, no, because I think most people, if you're rational as well, go, well, anybody that hears this, if they like the music, maybe they'll go buy my record, which is the way the whole music business yeah. always used to work. It used to, I mean, the funny thing is the biggest corruption in the music business is payola, which is oh, yeah, radio, yeah, which is right. The record companies and the artists paying money to people to play the music so people hear it. That is what they want. Yeah, of course. And now we're living in a world where you play the music and they're like, well, you don't have the rights to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching a bunch of videos uh, recently of different voice coaches listening to a uh, singer with a very unusual voice. Actually, a couple singers, but um, but was this the 15-year-old Russian girl whose yeah, yeah, voice yeah. is like Satan at times? Satan. Oh, yeah, I, such I, a range. I, sent you, uh, I sent you the link. Yeah, right? Yes. Pretty, pretty good range. And I, st- I finally watched a video you sent to me. You did, and it didn't contain Tim Pool. Right, that's probably why. I suspect so. But there's a whole ton of videos of various voice coach types on YouTube watching it. And some of them have the video in the corner, and you know they're watching it and talking about it. And some of them have it blurred out and some of them have text over it saying this is unfortunately to prevent copyright strikes. And, uh, what I, what I noticed is it's very inconsistent. Like some people seem to be, it's the same video that all of them are commenting about, but some of them are perfectly fine playing it and showing the whole thing with audio and video and others have to use countermeasures to prevent it from being from their videos being deleted. It depends if they got copyright strikes in the past, probably, but it shouldn't. It's the law should be applied equally. Oh, it should, but I, they don't go after the people with the smaller audiences. I remember watching a guy break this down who did nothing, but he was a songwriter musician and he Mm -hmm. would break down popular songs. Yeah. And most people had no problem with them, but Mm -hmm. a few got the copyright strike and he's like you know even though he has not monetized any of the videos because that's the big thing when it comes to youtube yeah which is either you're monetized or not and a lot of times you know if we're going to do a breakdown say of a taylor swift song on youtube oh shall we shall we do it on the podcast you could do that with a lot of artists you could do that as long as you allow them to monetize that video meaning they're perfectly fine you know depending on the artist depending on the record label they're perfectly fine with people using this on youtube as long as they're the ones that get to monetize the video because they figure you're talking about their music that's fine they'll let you do it and by there you mean their label right well yes i mean the music industry and who owns what is so convoluted they don't give a shit they'd rather that more people saw their stuff it's the label that's going to go after the money yes a vast majority of the artists get nothing although taylor swift is re-recording all of our first six albums or whatever it is yeah and taking the re-releases to number one i'm surprised that her contract allows her to do that the one that she had to wait a certain amount of years to start this and mm-hmm. the interesting thing is she's now signed to Universal Music, which I thought was weird because once you're Taylor Swift, 
why not just start your own record label? Why cut anybody else in? I mean, you have- she sold out. That's why. <laughs> yes, there you go. She's a sellout. A total sellout because she has enough money. I can't believe money. you like that sellout. <laughs> well, she's hot. But oh the, my God. the rule not now, in the least. because of what she is doing, which I find this to be hilarious, Universal Music, who she has the contract with, that she's redoing these albums that she made with Big Machine Music. And I think the rule was at least three years has to pass between the release before the artist can then redo that's not very long no it's not but universal who just gave her a deal knowing she's doing this up that to five years now in all of their new contracts yes that's i would have done 25 (laughs) myself but good for them you know it's very weird it's a weird thing i'm also surprised they're letting her use her own name (laughs) how dare you i don't know uh because that would be that certainly used to be part of the contract is that they own the rights to your your name. In, it, de- uh, it depends because she, when contract. she signed with Big Machine Music and uh, and uh, the guy that owns it, uh, Scott Borchetta, it was a very I think she was like their first big sign, even though she was only 15, whatever it was. So she might have been able to get a better deal because she didn't. This wasn't with like you walked into Capitol Records. Yeah, she wasn't with Sony or somebody. Right. Which then, yeah, you may have had a lot less autonomy. This is the Sony contract. Sign it or go away. Uh huh. Which is how it always used to work. And the fact of the matter is most artists never make money. I've talked about that before where artists, you know, oh, you see, oh, they got a half a million dollars up front to make the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. The artists get about a buck an album, which means <laughs> if you got a half a million dollars to make the album and you sold 500,000 copies, that dollar a piece that you earned goes to pay for the album. You mm-hmm. don't make a penny. So, uh, which is why, as you well, said, as, as it should be, because you shouldn't be selling out, it which is post well, your videos on YouTube of you playing your own music and be done with it. Well, that's the way to do it now. That is. That's why music has changed the record companies. I'm surprised they're dinosaurs. And the only reason the record companies are needed right now or for are for vinyl heads like me who want to go buy a physical product, because most people as a smaller artist, you can't do this kind of stuff. You could buy your own. I saw at a trade show, you could buy your own vinyl album maker. (laughs) Wow. That would be kind of cool. They're they're like five grand. They're not that expensive. Well, there's like ones that are like kind of a lathe thing that you can use. uh, Having the presses. I mean, all you have to do is befriend Jack White. He owns the third man pressing now. So there are a couple of things popping up. Or Jack Black or any Jack with a color name well jack white and jack black did just do a single together not that long ago so that's uh that's why i brought him up would be a be kind of an interesting I'm a mr music you know me yeah yeah that's that's what people have always said about you it's yes, like mr, mr. music, music. <laughs> that's right but that's why if you like Working for ria <laughs> if you, yeah, no that's uh she worked for kgb i worked for taco bell that's what uh <laughs> igor and the, there's a, it's a great song. You'd love Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, there's. Oh, man. What's the Red Elvises, I think, is the name of the band. Oh, I remember those guys. Yeah. Yeah. She works. For, uh, I work for Taco Bell. She works for KGB. Mm-hmm. But if you like no an artist. Thing. Does not exist. <laughs> well, not anymore. But if you like an okay. artist, go and buy their merchandise. I mean, that's that's why the T-shirts are like 50 bucks, because they're making nothing on the music they're making very they're probably little. making a 10 bucks a shirt on those 50 dollars t-shirts right because somebody else is taking a oh yeah oh, a, yeah. a nice percentage on that kind of stuff as well absolutely but support 
small artist. I mean, so it's you great. Said you had some tech stories about video game, or I mean, not about video games that you want to talk no, about. No, well, yours, yours are all about video games. There was another article in the Bangkok Post, which I found kind of intriguing because we've talked about today the Bangkok. local. Yes, yeah, and Bangkok. You know, one night in Bangkok. Who? Oh, who did that song? I, now, that was a great song. Yeah, I just saw it recently. I that's part of my curated uh, DJing of YouTube videos. Murray Head, right? Song. Was that Murray Head? I think I don't recall. See, okay, Mr. Music. There, um, Mr. Music. What? I'm not allowed to have a bad memory all of a sudden. No, not Mr. Music. That you should have mm-hmm. a perfect memory. Uh, but it was talking about this new trend. Which Murray it, had that's correct. Yeah, sure. one point for me. But it was talking about things like comparing the Blaze, which is Glenn Beck's network, and I guess you can kind of consider that a bunch of podcasts because while there are certain of those shows which are done live, which we're doing a show when we do yeah, these it's live, the same as as uh, what's his face as uh, Alex Jones Network. It's very similar. Yeah. And he was the guy that wrote this article was making or Ben Shapiro network. Yeah. The comparison that, well, when you get the blaze, you know, you get or Glenn Adam back Curry network and you get all of these other people. Well, no curry. If you don't subscribe and get a bunch of people. So the blaze, I mean, you subscribe, you get Glenn back, you get Pat and Stu and you get Mark Levin and you get Crowder. So they felt like that was a much better deal. And they were calling out people specifically. Yeah. The really? great Mark Levin. But they were calling out people that are using, like we are, locals and Patreon and that saying Mm -hmm. it gets really, really expensive. It does. And Tim has said that plenty of times as well. The thing that all these people forget about is that, A, you're not tied into a five-year contract with locals. We can cancel it tomorrow and uh, we're off local. B, that is only expensive as a total percentage. For the services, meaning if you have a hundred thousand or a million viewers, listeners, whatever, and uh, those people are generating a hundred thousand dollars plus for you in donations, then paying locals twenty percent of that, wow, that's a lot of money. That's two hundred grand for what little shitty website? Two hundred grand? That's a lot of money. And they're absolutely right. I will never, you know, argue with that. The thing you have to realize is locals, I don't know if they can even handle that big an audience because what they're built for is you and I. Right. They're built for shows that might have a dozen, maybe 25 people donating at the same time. And okay, so what is 20% of like 50 to $100 in donations a week? Well, you reach a point that they just you know, go, we can't serve it. It's literally cheaper to use locals when you're starting out than it is to get your own website running wordpress no doubt but what this guy was talking about was if i listen to 20 different people as far as content creators in a Mm -hmm. week if they all have an individual locals i go broke if i try to subscribe to all of them i really like being able to just give money to one place you know like spotify which is how these bastards win because people go, oh, well, if I could just give money nah, to that's one. Not, that's not true either. Because the problem with our argument, it's it's like the same as Netflix and anything else. Well, like, of course. Oh, one payment and you get access to everything. Well, guess what? I it want sucks. a la carte. Yeah, it sucks. I only but- want one of your people, not six of your people. And with locals or anything else, it doesn't have to be locals, where I'm paying directly to the person. That's the old 
Adam Curry model, right? Value uh, for value, value, baby. For value, where you only pay for the thing you'd like, not for the thing that you maybe watched but didn't like. Well, and I think that most of these content creators offer up most of their content, all in some cases, without you having to pay. So this is just a delivery mm. method of getting subscriptions yeah, and the, you know, I mean, donations. I think the big ones all have separate stuff now that you pay. Certainly, uh, Tim on Timcast, they've got their own, you know, Tim Club or whatever they're calling Wait, it. There's actually more Tim than that is freely available. Oh, oh my God. Well, there's, well, you, why is that a shock? Because you're paying for O'Reilly for some reason. Because <laughs> my parents love watching O'Reilly four nights yes. a week. Only yeah. three uh-huh. nights this week because he's out with Donald Trump Saturday and Sunday down in Florida. And I will say, I watched Bill's too show. busy to, to film a little segment in Florida? I, you know, I was thinking maybe I could just offer myself up as, because he doesn't do Fridays ever. He does a four-day mm. week. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe I could be the Friday guy. That would be. Well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Would be you a pretty good totally idea. Maybe do a pre-stream Friday run for him. Right. Now, here's the thing. I watch O'Reilly religiously Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, except this week when he's not on tonight. But yesterday, I recorded my random thought show, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts dot com. At about noon or so, I put that out there and we're watching O'Reilly at night after my wife gets home and he's talking, you know, one of these stories comes up. I'm like. Oh, I covered that today and I'm telling her the stats before he's going to say it. And then he came up to another story and I'm like, I talked about that at random thoughts today, a third one. And I'm like, talked about that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm finally ahead of O'Reilly. Huh. I used That's to be funny. behind O'Reilly. Now I've gone ahead of O'Reilly, which I said probably tells me I'm doing something right as far as what. Well, what stories it tells me is O'Reilly is pre-recorded. He records at about noon or two o'clock and it comes out at five. But I'm wondering sure if he doesn't just record once a week for no. all four days. No, it's daily. You can tell they are daily. He does the daily you know? because he's giving the Rasmussen poll for Biden daily, which unless he's Karnak, you don't think he has early access, not like five days ahead. I don't think they release they that kind of stuff for early access to paid members. They do. That would be a great scam because that's really what we've talked about doing in the past. Like. Okay, so we spend two and a half hours, we record five half-hour uh-huh. shows back-to-back uh-huh. back in one day, yeah, and then it looks like you're working five days a week. Well, that is that literally is the model that, oh, God, I forgot his name again. The, the dude that was the first guy in podcasting to make a million dollars. He's done all the podcasting circuits, all the you know trade shows and whatnot, talking about it. Um, but that was his thing, is that he said, okay, how do you take this thing that nobody's really making money on and then make money on it. And the method was to do everything in batches and to have nonstop shows. So he had, I think over the course of a week, he had six or seven different shows. So you're well on your way on that count. Right. Well, uh, see, that sh- makes it easier because if you had but, one but, show, you would be expected to have different content for everyone. And then it might be dated. Well, but each of those shows was daily. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you're like six daily mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. Like he had an interview show that was like a tech show. He had a, a, a show that was like a finance related show and all of them were daily and none of them were act. Well, I shouldn't say that. Were they all eight but minutes th- long? They were all, no, they were, they were between a half hour and an hour. 
but they were all batched. So he would do all his interviews on Mondays. So whatever interview shows he was doing, he would record all of those segments in one day. And then, uh, and then this is the beauty of audio versus video is you don't even have to change clothes. Right. You pretend like they're different days. Right. I was going to say O'Reilly was at least putting on different suits and ties mm-hmm. for the, but those, uh, he had a whole closet of those. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and so they were all broadcast with, uh, different days, but they were recorded, uh, in a batch style. And, and I wish I remembered his name. He was an interesting guy, but he, he also um, did something unique, which was he published and probably still does his finances for the podcast. He was completely transparent. Uh, and so they were always available on the website uh, so that people could see how much he's getting in donations, how much he's getting in advertising ad revenue, how much he's getting in sponsored product revenue. Like all that was publicly available data. And you can see him charting the path to doing a million dollars a year from nothing but podcast. It makes sense when you think, I think about he it. Was the key, he was the keynote when Adam won his Lifetime Achievement Award, I think. Would make sense because he owed a lot to the Podfather. Creating. I don't think he'd heard of the Podfather, honestly. <laughs> well, he still owed a lot to him. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, he was a Wall Street guy. who. I think while still in his late 20s, just kind of dropped out of Wall Street and didn't want to work as hard. Well, this begs the question, too. Is quantity more important than quality in this whole podcasting game? For making money, yes. Okay. That for makes any sense. game, for every game. Quantity, this is why there are so many videos on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Millions and millions and millions. Every day, new millions. Uh-huh. Now, because that's how you make money. It's not by having one quality product that takes you two years to make and then putting it out there. It's by just flooding whatever content you're creating, just flooding nonstop. So the reality is, if you really want to make money on a podcast, you're better off doing a half hour show daily than one two and a half hour show a week. Yes. Makes sense. Statistically, yes. So that's not my opinion. That is looking at the stats of people that are generating revenues. And it would if also you're seem- doing it. And it's especially true if you're doing it using commercials. Well, that would make sense. Like if you're on YouTube, then, yeah, you have new people coming back every day yeah. for, for YouTube. The formula has been fairly the same for quite a while. And it's pretty simple, which is a 22 minute video every single day nets you the biggest return. Which is perfect for people that are following that half hour content of uh, mm-hmm. of a show, which is you know about twenty two minutes of real content, eight minutes yeah. of ads, yeah, and it keeps you in front of people too, which is another thing. And, and I think and YouTube promotes those types of channels, like their algorithm enhances the placement of a daily show that is right around that length because that maximizes commercial time. If you put out a two-hour video on YouTube, like if we just take our podcast and put it out on YouTube, once we have the cameras running, uh, it'll never be promoted by YouTube because it's too long. Well, which is why even like Rogan would put out 15-minute segments or so. Absolutely. And Tim Pool, uh, his producer, does both. So the full show is on 
as and in fact they're streaming it live to YouTube. So it's it's actually going on YouTube while it's being recorded. And then over the course of a week, uh a typical two hour long show will convert to about three or four fifteen minute topical clips that are uploaded as well. And excuse me for not being fully versed on the pool boy. Has he ever been removed from YouTube? No. Makes sense. I mean, there's a lot so, of people that are like, ah, he, YouTube, he, everybody, if, you, if you're a conservative, you'll get thrown off. Very, well, first of all, he's a liberal. Uh, secondly, he, he is very well versed, and so is his producer, on what topics they're not allowed to talk about. And what kind of language to use? So he avoids about. those topics. Oh, he's transparently avoiding them. Like he says, this is an area we can't talk about on YouTube, but we will talk about when you join the Tim Pool Club. Oh, so you okay? So you get a little uh, skimmer and some pool floats, yeah. and you get in on the group. You use code Sir Gene when you go to the Tim Pool Club <laughs> and sign up. <laughs> Saying I know Sir Gene will actually get people something better or uh, an instant ban. Oh, it'll get it'll, no, it'll get me money, but. Oh, okay. See, that's, yeah. that makes a lot more mm-hmm. sense there. Yeah. That's a lot more of the Insta ban. But uh, it, yeah, I think uh, this is, I mean, none of this is like hidden. There's literally tons of videos on YouTube about how to make the most money on YouTube. Well, it makes sense because they want things to fit into a certain box. Yeah. But they have ads. You have content. Their job is to match you up. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know a lot of people will cringe at me saying that, but the reality is there's a lot of people in the world who will never donate or support their favorite shows monetarily. Statistically, 96% will never donate anything. Okay. So about 4% will, Mm -hmm. which means the other 96%, the only way to monetize that audience. And I hate to tell you. All podcasters, anybody doing content needs to monetize that audience to be able to continue making content and content that doesn't suck. So they do that by going to places like YouTube who will run ads and cut them in on it. And I know a lot of mm-hmm. people cringe and hate that because I hate watching ads. You hate watching ads. We both pay YouTube. What's it? Twelve well, bucks a month. Is, this to not is actually watch the, ads. the sad thing is that if you think about it, I probably watch an average of two to three hours of YouTube per day. Oh, at least uh, with the amount of in, clips that you send least, me, I think it's more, least, right? It may be, well, but I don't necessarily do it every day, but, uh, let's say it's, let's say it's three hours a day. So time seven, so 21 hours of YouTube per week or 84 hours per month, roughly for 84 hours, all the ads played over 84 hours of content, 12 bucks. They're willing to trade for 12 bucks. Think about that one. Well, yeah, because the ads are not very, uh, not very lucrative Mm-mm. when it comes no, down and to it, it. And that's the thing is it's, I mean, it's great that they have that option in place where you can opt out of ads by paying them money that they would have otherwise made from advertising. I think that's a great thing. I, I wish that was available on other platforms as well. Does anybody uh, know if that's actually about what it costs them or if they're actually giving people a better deal i, I if think they pay up i think it's the other way around i think that they're probably getting less off ads than the 12 oh. bucks that we're paying because otherwise there wouldn't be a point in offering that true uh there's so but man that's like 
let's round that up to a hundred hours of viewing for less than 12 bucks of revenue generated. The ads are really cheap on YouTube. So we should be advertising on the Tim. No, well, uh, maybe I don't know. I've watched a few guys that have talked about how there's a benefit to doing just like 20 bucks a month, even in ads, just to, just to put little small ads for your YouTube channel on YouTube makes a big difference within the algorithm for how they promote the rest of your stuff. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I could see that because they want mm-hmm. you to succeed because you're you've now spending money with them. Right. You've been <laughs> you've been proven to be a customer that's willing to yeah. give them cash. Exactly. That's interesting. I'm sure somebody's probably broken that down and uh you you could, even though I guarantee you could find the YouTube channel. That broke <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm it. sure it can be found on YouTube. YouTube is very meta. Everything about YouTube can be found on YouTube. So you never have to leave for non-political things. Right. Let me just say non-controversial things. Right. You want, you know, you can't figure out how to get the YouTube's stopper out of your bathtub. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube will yeah. tell you how to fix it. And I think this is the challenge for Rumble is because Rumble's whole point of existence has been politics. Yeah, it's been it's been people that are either already banned or don't want to be banned on YouTube, taking their harsher political opinions to places like Rumble. And uh, I think and, and it's not just Rumble. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of these smaller networks. Yes, uh, Rumble the biggest of the small networks, the biggest of the alternatives, I would say. Yeah. And definitely on the on the conservative side there. But Rumble, so this is something Tim was saying, and I, I would agree with them, that for Rumble to get to that next level, now that they've got money coming in, they need to do two things. One is put in a program similar to YouTube to actually reward content creators to do a revenue split on advertising, which they're not currently doing. Uh, and then two is to start going after the non-political crowd because they can have the conservative political stuff that YouTube doesn't want running on there, but they need to also have uh, a lot more ads playing on content that is just, you know, like reaction videos and then opening new product box videos and unboxing stuff. And then, you know, just a lot more varieties of video because even if I'm watching something that is political on YouTube, inevitably within two or three different, um, you know, things on the playlist, it'll it'll switch over to other topics that have nothing to do with politics that I still enjoy, like, um, you know, big cats like cougars and oh, you uh, like cougars? I thought stuff. you like younger women. Well, I, li- I like the feline version of the cougar, not oh, the human version okay. of the cougar. I yeah. got you. I was yeah. confused. But I've uh, often wondered. Well, I'm glad we clarified that for you. <laughs> so, you know, okay. Uh, no, if you're a cougar, don't email Gene. We've got that all cleared up. But I've wondered no. how this money-making things with the ads work on YouTube. Because there's a guy that is a mainly a Lego channel. Because mm-hmm. my wife started building Lego over the pandemic, found this guy's channel, and it's grown quite a bit mm-hmm. over the last year and a half. But he's got 180,000 subscribers. I just looked this up. Okay. And right now, Bo, and they live in Canada. So, I mean, maybe your dollar's worth a little bit less. But right now, he quit his job and his wife quit her job 
and they're both working full time. What's, uh, what's what's the uh, YouTube channel name? Brixy, B R I C K S I E, and this is B R I C K S I E. So like S-I-E. brick and then S I E. Yeah. Now with 180,000 subscribers, not only are they so he's getting somewhere around uh somewhere between six and ten thousand dollars a month which i guess makes sense maybe you can make this work in canada like he just did a video where he ordered two thousand dollars worth of lego from Mm -hmm. amazon and his wife and he just went on a vacation 10 days to orlando to disney world and i'm wondering how do you do this on a youtube channel with 180,000 subscribers because that doesn't seem like a crazy amount of subscribers I mean, that's a lot, but it doesn't seem like well, it's an unreachable amount. That's true. However, the more topical your channel, the more value you have to advertisers. So I guess we could also include then, because I do see there's like a little, because uh, there's a click. Like a guy who Amazon unboxes deals. all kinds of crap is going to make less than a guy who unboxes only high-end microphones. Because that's a very niche, a targeted niche, niche audience. And that, yeah, that's, niche. that's a higher dollar rate for advertising. Okay, that makes sense. So you want to go in that crowd? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, so he, his earnings estimates cap out about one hundred twenty-six thousand a year um, at the current. Like if he didn't grow at all, that's what he'd probably make for the year, which isn't bad in Canadian yeah. dollars. And does that? But you include- also got to remember it's it's not just the number of subscribers; it's also the number of views per video. It's the views per video. It is people clicking on links to buy on. Mm-hmm referral yeah. programs interaction I, I, he does live video so he gets super chats and all that kind of stuff yeah it's not a bad uh, deal for just sitting around and playing lego all day long i guess no it's not bad but it's but he puts out a lot of videos so like for his let me see his last video here oh he's doing one live right now in fact when we're recording um but like his last video uh from yesterday generated 180,000 no, subscribers. Uh, looks like it did 86,000 views, which is going to generate somewhere around 300, 350 bucks for him. That's not bad. Not a whole lot, but I mean, it's, it's not a whole lot from a uh, salary standpoint, but it's pretty good at per a half hour of recording video. If, yes. If that, uh, they're not even half hour. It looks like. And it all depends, of course, how much production time is involved, because if you're spending 20 hours to do a 20 minute video, then oh, yes. your mileage may vary. Oh, yeah. 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 And this, the, and I think it's everything's getting faster to be able to do now. But I, I remember back when I was doing gaming videos, I, I remember one of my last videos that I did on the channel was actually a behind the scenes video of how long does it take to do a 4K half hour gaming video? And, Without uh, the uh, actual rendering time, uh, there's not really any rendering time per se. I mean, there's a little bit; it's not huge, but but editing time. Uh, I mean, the whole thing. So the bottom line is, it took eight hours. For so I, had to, video. I had to work eight hours for a half hour video every single day, and uh, of course, I, I you know number of subscribers was super small, so I was just starting out trying to sing out. And, um, it was, uh, it was a lot of more work than would be evident by simply watching the video. 
And that's true of most of these people. Because one of the other things that I did back then, this is like three years ago, four years ago, is I interviewed a bunch of people in that space, including Brian Brushwood, including... Oh, yeah, you're supposed to be on that show. Yeah, yeah, that fucker never called me. I never <laughs> call him again. Hey, if anybody knows Brixie, we'd love to talk to Brixie and interview him. Oh, sure. Um, I'm, I think you'd need to reach out like directly and you mean, wait, wait, anyway, we have a whole so big nerd is, fan base. There could, I had, probably. I had a, uh, a number of people, including Brushwood and then another guy that had just crossed over the million subscriber mark. And for almost all of these people, they said my first two years was, were pretty frustrating because I kept thinking that nobody's watching because I would, I would spend a bunch of time putting the content together and I'd really focus on trying to improve. And I'd watch a lot of other videos to learn how to make better videos. And then my subscribers would go up by like 20 people. And so it really felt like the first few years, nobody's watching. And then you really start to notice things accelerating once you cross uh, about the 20,000 subscriber mark. Once that happens, then your subscribers start going up by the hundreds or even thousands on a daily basis, or let's say not a daily, but every time you put a video. out. And so there, there's definitely a preference in the algorithm to promote people that have a lot of subscribers over people that don't. Well, that is the question. Is it just the Which, algorithm? Yes, makes sense. Now, if well, it's, the algorithm is how you pick up new people unless you're spending a bunch of money on ads. Well, does not the same thing happen if you're a podcaster who is independent? It takes a long time to build that audience. But once you hit that 10 or 20,000, I could see where it would make sense. Then you have a fan base that enjoys what you're doing. With podcasting, unless you're on one of these paid networks. Nobody is cross-promoting it. So word of mouth means shit almost. No, word of mouth means shit. Absolutely. The algorithms are what saves everybody doing these things to rise them. This is why YouTube is a network just like Netflix or Amazon Prime. Except that in YouTube, they're instead of paying people millions of dollars to develop a series, they're just part of the revenue and put everything out there. Yeah. Which and is a so, great way to do it. If you if you have the capability, it's a great way to do it. Throw everything well, it, out there and see what is. And this is kind of the suggestion then for. Uh, God damn it. I forgot their name again. Which? The, the guys that just got money. The uh, the YouTube competitor thing. Oh, Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. So that's. Gene, that's are you taking your B12? Do we have to say. I, I'm not taking B12. Clearly. I'm, <laughs> my memory is shit. <laughs> well, so, wait. It could have to do with this head injury, too. You better get a neurological exam. For what? Because you smashed your head into a garage door. You might have brain I damage. my head? What are you talking about? Right, exactly. Oh, gee. My head's just fine. I don't know what you mean. You might want to get checked by a neurologist. Yeah. Rumble. Man. Rumble, exactly. So Rumble needs to just replicate that, and then they will be, truly become a YouTube competitor. And the upside for them is people that go to Rumble because they like the fact that they can watch conservative videos will still watch 10 times as many cat videos and stupid human problem videos and every other kind of video that people watch on YouTube. Because once you're on a platform, there's a 
disincentive to leave the platform for everything else. Well, that's true. And it makes sense. I mean, it's interesting because uh, even guys like Bandrew, who does the all the mic reviews over on Podcastage. Oh, yes. Getting rich off the mics. He has said a couple of times in the podcast, well, go leave me a comment on YouTube because that's still the best way for podcasters to get interaction. I know the podcasting yeah. 2.0 folks are working on this. To be able to do comments across all the different podcasting apps right now, that's well, not in, really a interactions thing. Interactions are good. But again, the difference here is that being on YouTube means you're in the YouTube network. Right. And the way that the algorithms work on the YouTube network is it counts a lot of things, including interactions. That's why every video you watch these days starts with the host saying, Click, subscribe. be sure to subscribe and like, give it a thumbs up right now. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, their video won't be presented to new people that are never seen any of their videos uh, randomly. And that's, that's discovery. And that's really the thing that YouTube allows as a network that you don't get simply by being independent. And that makes sense because like we could, we could all just get a server and upload our own videos to our own server. Right. Not even using, uh, you know, a- any platforms, not, not using locals or anything else. Just get a raw server and then upload videos to it and then put a link to the video in the show notes. Like, how many new listeners do you think that would generate? Zero. Zero. Exactly. Because the only people that are going to be able to watch the videos are people that have already heard your show. And putting things on YouTube or other platforms, but YouTube being the big gorilla, is what allows new people to discover you because as they're watching content that is somewhat similar, according to to YouTube anyway, uh, and if you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's and done the things that maximize the appeal of your show to what YouTube thinks it is, then... Lo and behold, all of a sudden, your video will come up in the recommended next video slot after they finish watching something else. Right. So you start making YouTube videos today with zero subscribers because there's a bunch of YouTube people making Lego videos. Your video is going to get picked up. You could literally start making videos on YouTube about Legos right now without buying any Legos. All you got to do is just use, you know, static image content or reviews which are covered under the fair use clause of other people's videos of legos and you can start doing that and you're going to get very little new viewers initially unless you pay money for advertising but if those are interesting videos and and you have people that do follow instructions and they click on subscribe they post a message and they hit the thumbs up button it's predominantly those three things, and and they're all three combined means to YouTube's ag- algorithm that oh hey, this is something that a brand new person watched, and their response was interaction, their response was positive, and they want to see more from the same person. We're going to start recommending this person to more people, and it, it's like a snowball. It starts small. And the further it rolls down, the bigger it gets because it's gathering more and more snow as it rolls along. Right. Cause and the algorithm how, goes, Oh, we think this is good for you. And if that person yeah. watches it interacts and especially if they subscribe, it's like, Oh, this, this was really good for you. So we'll send it to more people. That type of 
because they they have cohorts they right they they have everyone grouped into every individual user watching a youtube video is part of a multitude of groups and other users that have the same interaction in interaction the same intersection of groups as you do will be the ones that this is recommended to so oh, if you wow. like woodworking and right. you like Legos and you like microphones, you probably like pizza. You're probably like this other guy who also likes Legos and microphones. Uh, and uh, I do have to I do have to uh, correct you. Woodworking. The, the plural of Lego yeah. is Lego. You never put an S on it. There's no S on Legos. No. I was oh. I was chastised once by. Uh, Why is that? I don't know. You can I think ask, that's been correct. You can ask D.E. Metis of the Fun Fact Friday show. If, is, if Legos is an acronym, I could see that being the case. But if Lego is just simply a brand name, then you don't get to make that decision. I looked it up and they did mention it on their show. The uh, whatever it was called. Lego Builders, Lego Masters. Uh-huh. Yeah, there is there is no uh, S. Well, I mean, just because someone says there's no S doesn't hey, mean that there's no S. It's what is accepted by polite society, Gene. I don't want to argue that. Polite society? They don't play Legos. <laughs> what are you talking about? They they play polo. Yes, yes. Let me come on, Buffy. Let's go down to the polo and, match. By the way, the plural of polo is polo, not polos. No, no. I have multiple polo shirts, so I would have polos. Uh, no, you would have polo shirts. <laughs> it's like Lego. Same no, thing. Lego doesn't get to do that. Same no, no, thing. That's a, that's a company brand name. That's Why like are you the, an elitist, Gene? The multiple of Apple is Apple, not apples. No, you have multiple apples. If I go to the store mm, and I pick only up one. three apples, there is I only get one three. Apple the company. Well, yeah, but I'm not buying the company. If I buy three Apple computers, I have three well, apples. Who, who makes Legos? I don't even know. I believe it is a company that is their main product out it's of. It's not a Milton Bradley kind of thing. No, it's like, like a Danish company. Uh well, why don't you do a segment on the history of Legos for our next show? We could it would be Lego. We can uh we can look into that, but we can thank a few people for supporting the show since we've been talking about all Have we gotten different- some Legos in support of our show? <laughs> yes, we have some uh Lego that was sent in. That would uh really annoy you. There was um somebody that uh sent in a boostergram that the note was just it was to annoy you because you didn't like the whole boostergram idea. <laughs> I thought send that was back. I thought that was kind of funny. But send it back. Send it back. Do not take Boostergram. No, Darren, yes. do not take Boostergram. God, you're so the East European version of Oscar the Grouch. I'm working on it. The other day, I was wearing a uh, Oscar the Grouch T-shirt that said "Trash." Oh no way! You it. own one? Oh my god! I, I, I went, we went to Meyer like two weeks ago, and it might have been when I when I got my uh, second jab, and uh, it was an Oscar the Grouch shirt. Wow. Yeah. And I'm still wow. still still breathing, still alive. Maybe about a month and a half ago. It was a while ago. But we do have some people to thank for today's show. Coming in now, this one was actually in for the last show, but it was not marked for which show, so I decided to ask rather than just pocketing the money, Gene, which I should have, because mm. that would have been mm. a better way to go. Mm-hmm. But from Andrew Pen Bianco, fifteen bucks. And I'm like, well, for whatever reason. If you go through one of the forms, because I have multiple podcasts, and the forms usually will mark the donation with the name of the show. In this case, right. it didn't. So I sent a message and said, well, which show is this for? And he answered mm-hmm. the one with Sir Gene, the old grumpy Oh, well, ben. that makes it pretty damn clear, doesn't it? Yes. He said, the old grumpy Ben's. It's a great mm-hmm. show now. Less F-bombs, more range, 
and more interesting info. So you're getting a thumbs up as the replacement for uh, wow. On that, that's pretty good. Is this move from Grumpy Old Ben's into unrelenting? He said, "I like the opening as well as it sounds like the Irish Rovers." Yes, and he, and he needs to I listen that, I think. to the new one with Larry. So yeah, Andrew, thank mm-hmm. you. And he likes the Sir Gene upgrade. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much of an upgrade it is. We have to get your memory uh, chips checked. I I do have some memory chip issues, that's for sure. Yeah, we got. But it's only it's only temporary memory. It's it's the the long term storage temporary is not RAM at all. Yes, it's the, like the hard disk version is all there. It's just like when it's loading into RAM, it's not always fast. It's missing a bit here and there. The error correction is still working though, at least for the time being. Well, that's good. Uh, coming but in, but it's with a, been over a hundred years. So, well, see, I mean, you have been around for a long time. You don't look a day over ninety. I Dave, don't look a day over fifty. Thank you very much. David Haglin comes in with eleven eleven. Betty Solera with six ninety six. James Chapko with five bucks said, "Hey, fellow Chicago lander, as someone who sells on eBay, fees depend on the item seller status. So if you're mm. if you have a higher rating, then you actually pay less." And if you purchase their store subscription, he says, I typically expect 15% to be in fees after PayPal and eBay, not including shipping. See, so there is still something going on with PayPal. Maybe I just, maybe you need the store subscription or something to use PayPal now Hmm. because I do not have that option as far as I can see. It's all just eBay. Like we will take your money, but I digress. Johnny Hipwell comes in with five bucks. Curtis Peterson with five bucks. And of course, Jeremy Gertis. The 33 cent checks just keep coming every day like clockwork. And it is all very much appreciated. We are a value for value podcast, which means we put these shows out there. If you got something out of them, go to unrelenting.show and you can click the donate button, find the P.O. box address, crypto, all that kind of stuff. It is all very much appreciated. It's the beauty of this. We do the shows. If you got value, you support the show. And the more people support the show, the more time we have and ability to continue bringing out better shows. So, I mean, for people just starting out, that's always the roughest part. Because you're right, as you said before, a lot of people, you start out with the podcast or the videos, I'm sure, on these sites. And you're like, why isn't anybody watching or listening? It does take a while. It does take a while because I think there is a mindset that if a show hasn't been around for a certain amount of time, it's not worth checking out because I think most people have at some point found a show. They're like, wow, this is really good. Maps with Matt, for instance. And then it only did four episodes. And you're like, well, that sucked. I got really involved and I thought this was a great show. And then they were gone. So How dare somebody stop putting out episodes on their podcast, their free podcast that they're doing. Out oh, of the my goodness. So there are that. But I get it, because if you're going to get wrapped into a show that you want to add to your regular rotation, you want it to be around. I get that part. But there's always something else to choose from if the show starts to suck or disappears. Hmm. As a lot of them do. Won't mention any names. Sir Gene Speaks. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up by name, but <laughs> I, I, I seriously considered putting out an episode specifically on this topic that that we first started off with which is the publicly traded companies why the hell are people calling that selling out right because it's not yeah i mean it is again getting the ability to compete with the big boys by taking investments Mm -hmm. 
in your company. And that is how almost every business works. If you come up with a plan to make the greatest whatever, most likely you're going to need money to get it made. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get an injection of cash and somebody that believes that you have a great idea, it may never get built. Which is, I mean, of course, then if you're going to be a commie or a socialist, you'll be like, well, it's just money makes money. You know, these people like Mark Cuban, although he started from zero and uh, same thing with Bezos. I think Cubans literally had one good deal in his entire life. Yeah, but he keeps investing in new businesses. And I'm sure some of those have worked. I don't know if they've all failed, but. Yeah, I mean, what? He's tried at least. And a lot of businesses do fail. There's no question about it. But you need somebody to be able to bring you an influx of cash. I'm just not a fan of Cuban. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's understandable. I mean, he seems like he's kind of a blowhard, although we kind of he's cover a big we, ass blowhard. And, and I, although I will say he does. Yeah, we cover all the blowharding. Yes, he he does make some legitimately good points on Shark Tank when people are trying to push bullshit. So yes, I just don't like his political leanings. I think that for a guy that's basically done one good deal in his life, he's acting like he's playing in the billionaires crowd. And I think the best portrayal of him was in the show Silicon Valley. And anyone that's watched that show knows exactly the character I'm talking about. <laughs> that was Mark Cuban, whose biggest worry in the world is staying in the nine figure club. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a hell of a series. Is that a, yeah. Nine comp, no, three comic club, whatever the hell yes. that was. Yeah. So basically, he, he being was a billionaire, so- <laughs> not dipping down to a hundred millionaire. Yes. Staying a billionaire, but he's never gotten much past that. That's the thing. It's like he got in that club and he's just been maintaining it. Yeah, there's a, I mean, Cuban was in also an entourage. I mean, he actually was in playing himself and he didn't oh, seem like a total happily play himself in anything. Well, yeah, if you, I guess if you're getting paid, it's a nice pat on the back. It's a nice ego. Boost. No, it's a, it's an ego. That's you said it right there. It's all ego. It's all about the ego. But once you have the money, I mean, what else do you have to inflate? Besides you know, his real ego? name isn't Cuban anyway. I don't know. I didn't know. Yeah, he's a Hungarian Jew. Ooh, is that bad? Are you saying bad things about Hungarian yeah, Jews? Yeah, it's clearly I'm being anti-Semitic now. Right. No, I'm just yes. saying that I just don't appreciate people having last names that don't coincide with their heritage. Don't get us canceled, Gene. Uh-oh. I mean, you that why you go by Sir Gene instead of Nevtuliev, or is it just that nobody can spell Nevtuliev? Well, Nevtuliev? the proper pronunciation of my name is Sir Gene. No, it's, it's not. It's never your, plural. It's show, always Sir Gene. Show me your license. If your driver's license says Sir Gene is your name, I'll call you that. All right. I'll send you a photo. <laughs> After you Photoshop it. I'm doing that right now. Okay. I mean, okay. Now, you probably have an ID made up already, which is not unbelievable when it comes to. Now, you to- want it in English or what language do you want it in? <laughs> Hungarian is fine. I, oh, I do have one of those, actually. <laughs> Wait, it's a good passport to have just in case. I was going to say, yeah, this is this is something interesting going on here. I'm I'm now picturing you have a safe filled with different passports with different names. Get your damn camera out of my house! (laughs) Wow, Gene, how many guns are in there? Jeez, get your damn camera out of my house! Jeez, I don't. This is no. I I don't know this person on the other end. No. Crank call, crank call, crank, call, crank yes. podcast, crank, crank podcast. podcast. <laughs> yes, crank podcast. I don't know how <laughs> this happened. Yeah, it happens all the time, man. What's what's going on? 
Click. So I did some research on Lego while you were busy talking. Oh, I wondered and, why you were actually being silent a little bit. You were reading. right. I actually let you jump in there. Yeah. So apparently, uh, the comment that there that created this phenomenon is uh, was posted on Legos.com and said, uh, "Please always refer to our products as Lego bricks or toys, not Legos. By doing so, you will be helping to protect and preserve the brand trademark, which we're very proud of, and it stands for quiet quality worldwide." So congratulations, you're helping a big corporation, a big conglomerate, maintain a trademark. I feel dirty now. Because here's the thing. We may have talked about the article that was on, I think it was Fast Company or Inc. It was one or the other to begin with. Mm -hmm. That was, oh, Customer has such a great response from Lego customer service. We just have to go on and on and on about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, they don't own the trademark for Legos. Well, they only sense. own the trademark for Lego. So now, if you call their product Legos, anyone can make Legos, but only they can make Lego. The gist of this article was that somebody bought a Star Wars theme set. They didn't have a bag of the bricks that were somehow missing. And Lego was like, oh, this is great. This must be the work of Darth Vader. We'll fix this for you. And the reality is every time my wife who has bought There's missing pieces, a bunch of sets. Yeah. Of Lego, you go to their mm-hmm. automated system. And after you get like four pieces from the automated system, even though they're for all different sets and some mm-hmm. of these are hundreds of dollars, the automated system starts going, yeah, you've done this too much. We won't give you. You have to buy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like reading this and I'm like this whole lego customer service is good bullshit is nothing more than bullshit it's nothing more than pr you should just always buy them from amazon so you could return them after they don't have enough bricks the hardest thing uh, with that though is if you have it like 80 80 built it's kind of a pain in the ass to i guess you could buy a second set and then just pillage the pieces you need that would technically be illegal right but i'm not saying you couldn't do that right practically speaking but yes legally you shouldn't Now, the most infuriating thing was about three months after this article, and whether it was on Inc. or Fast Company to begin with, three months later, it was on the other one, like a brand new article. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Lego is paying some big money to throw this bullshit around. Oh, do you not know that those magazines are purely PR? That's all they're for. Nothing but PR. There's no actual writing there. Yeah. No, because I've worked with companies that have bought articles there. They're like, oh, and the way it works is you pay for an ad and depending on how many pages your ad is, you get a certain number of words for the article. They're like, you buy the ad, you can have an article. Yeah, I mean, that's what they that's literally their business model. That is literally what they do. It makes sense because that's all this was. And I don't know why anyone would read those magazines. I don't know. I mean, it comes up as suggested reading for me where I usually get this is because I'm too stupid and I use an iPad and the beginning page will be like oh you might be interested in and now because i read a couple lego articles it keeps wanting me to read more well, the lego. first thing you need to do is delete the news app off your ipad well it's not even the news app it's opening up you know i think it's probably google or the whatever the home page is when you open up uh I'm, i think i'm using chrome which is probably a big problem too on the ipad oh chrome's fine on the ipad but you can change your startup page to anything you want like mine's on youtube but it actually gave me interesting stuff, but I know what it's doing. So I kind of feel dirty, but I usually run it through a VPN. So it's like, eh, it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, all a VPN does is add one more party to who knows what you're doing. Yeah. But that's the party that speeds everything up and makes my life complete. Yeah, and I, that that's the crazy part. Is it's hard to imagine that your normal gateways route use is such crazy convoluted ways that it's faster to go through a VPN. VPN. Yeah. I mean, it takes yeah. the overall speed down a little bit, but the pings are usually a little quicker. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit of one and not yeah. of the other. But I did now, have another. Are you using four 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 four? I am using a pie hole for my filtering, and then I mm-hmm. believe I have it set to one of them is Open DNS, and one is either Cloudflare. Mm-hmm. Or, which is Cloudflare is four 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 four. Yeah, see, I think it is. I think it is one of them is yeah, Cloudflare and one's they Open actually DNS. do a pretty good job. Yes, of of uh, convoluting filtering. I would have to look that up again. It's been a long time since I set up the pie hole. I should really make sure mm-hmm. it's updated, all working, and all that. And it's something we can talk about it on another show too, because I think a lot of people have already done this. But if you haven't, it makes so much crap disappear in a good way. Yeah, it makes the crap you want disappearing to disappear. Yes, I dig that. But I did have another social media story. And this one uh, I was found out about because I watched Bandrew's show, the Bandrew Says podcast. And it was Twitter making changes to private media, which I think some people maybe are reading this wrong or maybe I'm just not reading this correctly. but. They've always had the policy that you can't give people's home addresses, phone numbers, all that kind of stuff. Makes sense. Totally doxing. That's mm-hmm. against their terms of uh, using the service. Now, new to this list is media of private individuals without the permission of person or persons depicted. That's exactly what the Twitter blog right. says. Yeah. That's correct. Now, this says to me, I can't take a photo of you that you took because you would own the copyright of that and use that. But if I'm sitting, you know, at a cafe and you're standing in line waiting to get your cafe latte and I take a picture of you now, that would be something I own. So are they going to yeah, take isn't about I own that? That is absolutely no, no longer acceptable on Twitter. OK, so that this is, is this this new rule can really be summarized as the anti veritas rule, ah, which is OK. It's so that there makes sense. to prevent somebody from taking video of somebody else and that person objecting to being on video. So legally. As long as they're not in that person's house, as long as they're out in public, you can take video of anybody you want. Right. It's totally legal. But uh, you cannot you can, post this on Twitter then. But as, you can't post it on Twitter per Twitter's new rules because they're making it anti-Twitter legal. Unless, of course, it does the public good and then they'll allow. Yeah, I mean, they'll allow all the stuff with Black Lives Matter, but right. they won't have any more videos from Veritas on Twitter. But I mean, frankly, I don't know who the fuck even uses Twitter anymore. That that thing's been dead for a long time. See, but here's the thing. It says, in addition, you may not share private media, such as images or video of private individuals. But it's like, that's not private media. If it's something that I took, that would not be private media of theirs. 
Now, I do, again, understand that What's I a can't. a private individual? A citizen that is not famous, I believe, is would be the Twitter. Oh. You know, because there's there's already a big carve and out, which is famous that it's in got it. Got right. It. There's a big okay. carve out that if you're Britney Spears or Taylor Swift, then fuck you. They anybody that has a picture of you, they can post it because you're you're famous. You're a public figure. Got yes. It. Yeah. So that would kind of make sense. Now, this to me was something that overlapped with another story that just came out, which was on uh, Deadline dot com. Facebook asking members to send the social media service their nude photos, which the headline is not true. But what they're asking people to do is run those photos, as we've talked about with the Apple system not that long ago, run those photos through a program to get a hash and then provide that to Facebook. And I'm wondering if this is the route that Twitter is going, because if you have a hash of the photo, you can see that somebody else posted it without having the picture itself. Now, I don't know what these places are getting out of this. I could see this being a monetary thing where they're going to make money by having you join the service of, well, if you want none of your private photos ever to be uploaded to a social media, join this service. I'm here. Right. Give mm-hmm. us the hashes to them all. Yeah, well, you can't give the hashes. Like, you got to use a tool to do that. Correct. And, and, of course, the tool will just upload those photos to them to create the hash. Well, see, but you can control that if you're doing that on your own machine. So, I mean, I understand why this people is would. The simple solution is just delete fucking Twitter. Delete Facebook. Delete all these bullshit services that nobody needs. Okay, Bemrose. Don't use them. But here's the problem. Other people use them and can upload your photos. Well, what do you mean your photos? your photos if they get so okay how, I do, go, how do they have access to my photos well your photos might be harder than most now that mm-hmm. we just talked about what's going on they're in the safe but otherwise this happens a lot with people especially after they break up they post videos or photos of their yeah well previous they significant ought to be because i had i had my ex-wife sign a uh, a legal disclosure with me that i own rights to all photography and video well, see, most people also don't do that. You need to Why write a book about put, this stuff. I mean, the amount of stuff people don't put in their prenups is crazy. <laughs> I could see. I would love somebody on a first date to just throw out a Genev Tuliev contract to somebody like, yeah, okay, if we're going to do this, you okay, need to. Okay, and how do you know about that? <laughs> is this a new business model you got working out? I, I, I like it. I don't understand how anybody could date anybody without a contract. Without, it's ridiculous. You just meet at the coffee shop for the first date and like need you to sign here. Uh, initially, no, you here. have your lawyer show up at the coffee shop before before Mr. Nevtuliev will get out of the limousine. <laughs> we need you to agree to a few small. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Like, Non-disclosure. Like, yeah. Non-disparagement clause. I can yeah. see that. But this I thought was kind of interesting. One, because of this by saying private media says to me that private media is not me taking a picture of you if you're on the street now if it's in your home then maybe this is a different question although if the person these taking are all the private like none of this is is relevant these are all private companies they can put any kind of bullshit restrictions they want in place right the reason is nothing why. to do with laws there's nothing to do with legality Correct. other than contract enforcement well, they're saying that, oh, we're trying to protect you, which I never believe. It's the same, it's the same thing with this anti-revenge bullshit things. Like, 
you know, like, well, that's a part of this, this Facebook one with, well, if you give us the hashes of all of your porn videos that you took with your mm-hmm. boyfriend, then mm-hmm. if that shows up, we'll know what it is. And then we'll, yeah. we'll make a copy Thanks. for ourselves. It's interesting. It's, it's, it is ridiculous. It's if you, if you are anywhere where there might be cameras, you need to ensure that you act as though you're being recorded. And I can't believe the, some of the stuff I've seen people doing in front of cameras. Oh yeah. You know, or people will share something as their Twitter or Facebook profile photo. And then somebody turns that into a not so nice meme. This will allow them to go after those people as well. I would guess, because that is, a private photo even though you put it up on a public site it gets it gets a little well, i mean if it's your photo you right. you retain the copyright to it even if it's online right. it's like it doesn't become public domain and i think maybe that's what this is about but it's not very clear when you read what's going but on again and then, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show just because it's copyrighted doesn't mean you can't make use of it right in in a uh well, that's why they say unless it's, uh, you know, does the public good. So if, you know, mm-hmm. somebody has a photograph that shows Kyle Rittenhouse with 14 hookers, well, well, then that's that's not a private photo anymore. That's doing the public public good to post that, of course. Well, that's not where I was going. I mean, no, but if it's Hunter if, Biden, then no, no, no. Wait, that does not do the public interest. No, it just it right. allows the companies to keep doing what they're doing. And if anything, they're trying to get people to provide them with way more information than they have right now in the guise yeah. of we can protect you. Yeah, well, that's dirty. But but the idea of them restricting the content that's available, I don't I don't really see anything wrong with that, because honestly, if you're providing some kind of a service that because the context you have to put all of this into is pedophilia. So if if you were to use the service of some company and you uploaded or distributed pedophilia through their service, then anything they would be able to do to prevent you from doing that, they ought to also be able to do to prevent you from doing things that are not pedophilia. Well, this is the old Apple argument that we had when their system came out with, Hey, we can hash this. We'll look on your phone for this. Yeah. Well, that that was just, complete bullshit it's like we're gonna scan for photos to determine the contents of photos that don't exist anywhere else that there are no hashtags for and then determine whether any of those photos are ones that may be actually illegal that's that's a like three steps removed from send us a hashes of your images right that's that's, where it's going i it's and what with, they're what they're looking for basically are photos of children. So if you have any photos of children on your phones, you better delete them. And with this Twitter, I don't believe this is ever going to. If you go out and take a selfie with two friends, I don't think you have to get them to sign something saying that you have the right to post that again because that is not but their it's not private do you any photo. Good, whether you have that right or not, it's, it, well, first of all, right they nothing complain, to do with right. If they with complain, will that get removed? I mean, that's probably interesting. Uh, because Twitter is going to overload themselves with this. They have nothing to do with private companies. Private companies don't need to worry about laws. They just create rules. 
Right, which they then try to enforce, which mm-hmm. this could just bury them, which is interesting. This seems to be a really bad idea. Why for is anybody using Twitter? I swear to God, there's zero point in using Twitter. I don't know. Why are we talking about it? Because it's making money. Because everybody right, let's uses talk about it. Some more interesting things. What do you got? But that's not a video game. Uh, WhatsApp launches instant cryptocurrency payments in the U.S. What's WhatsApp? WhatsApp is what people are using to talk to each other when they don't, don't know how to install signal on their phone. <laughs> I thought that was Tox or uh, Telegram. Nobody has ever heard of Tox. I don't know what this word is you keep mentioning. <laughs> Sounds like toxic, except you're not getting the whole word out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that is because it's TOX. So what, WhatsApp apparently added this crypto thing, and it's using the um, the Facebook uh Facebook created crypto transfer protocol bullshit stuff on there. Facebook has a crypto transfer oh, protocol. Yeah, I've had them for a long time. Yeah. Crypto. Remember, Facebook tried to get into their own crypto game like three years ago. Oh, that's right. They were going to launch their own coin. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. So now they've rebranded. They kept the technology and now it's going to be part of WhatsApp. Don't use WhatsApp to send money. You'd be an idiot to do that because. You're an idiot if you use WhatsApp to begin with. Next. Uh, well, I, do you have anything more to say on that? Or no, we move on. No, I would agree that that is probably yeah. any. Well, with any of these things, I'm assuming the reason why WhatsApp would want to allow you to do this is so they could take a percentage. It's totally free. They're not really interesting. It. Then what's the what's so bad about it? Um, What's bad about it? Well. They, WhatsApp they, will your friend? Access, they will have access to your bank account for one. Yeah, but I mean, Zuckerberg wouldn't do anything bad with my money. No, no probably not. He has plenty of his own. All right. Biden uh, proves drilling off the coast of Texas because he hates Texas. Or is he just finally realizing he went in the complete wrong direction? No, that can't we be. We literally have a pipeline going from Alaska down to North Dakota. And instead of connecting that pipeline, which would have been connected literally months had Biden not stopped progress in its tracks, we're now going to allow foreign companies that are chipping in money to Biden's campaign to start drilling on brand new platforms in the Gulf of Mexico uh, off the coast of Texas. Do they have to buy some Hunter Biden art? Well, I'm sure they're doing something. That will compensate the Bidens one way or the other. I don't know if it's art or, or porn movies or what, whatever is created out of that family. Uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty weak. I believe it. I believe it. So, uh, uh if you haven't yet, check out, uh, Kaylee's interview on the, the Rubin report, Kaylee McNaney. You remember her? Yes. She was the, that, that she blonde, was the Jen Pisaki uh, for Trump. Yeah. Except she except was nowhere she was near good. as annoying as Jen Pisaki. Yeah, she was actually good. She was prepared. Well, she was, yes, she was actually good at giving a retort, unlike Pisaki, who just says things that are, you could prove are not true the minute she says mm-hmm. it, and then she just goes on. Uh, and, of course, uh, Truth, Donald Trump's platform, signed a deal with Rumble. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Why didn't we mention this when we were talking about Truth Social earlier? What kind of oh, deal do I they have with Rumble? to hold on to this piece of news for later? Oh, it's, we're, so we're, what you're saying is we're circling back. 
Yeah, yeah, we're we're circling back. Um, so to give more validity to Rumble coming up as the obvious uh, leader in the fight against YouTube for eyeballs, uh, it appears that now there's a deal struck, a contract signed between Trump's new platform, which is yet to be in existence. Well, it's yet to be in existence, Rumble. but we know now that it's built on mastodon so we yeah, have to assume mastodon, it'll connect to rumbles for video so i think these are all good things the this well further, how do you incorporate rumble except just embedding videos on it'll be the the video platform for videos on trump's platform so it may integrate in a way where if you want mm-hmm. to upload a video yeah that it'll actually be stored or on rumble that share videos sense. probably make it easier to do it directly from rumble videos is there a business model in here now? Since all of these, Rumble and YouTube being the big two, allow people to embed videos. Is there a business model in creating a whole new service which basically acts as the index for both of these? So you could watch equally from uh, YouTube or Rumble, depending on what you want to see. RumTube? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's okay that we can do a drink while we're doing it. Yeah, right. Be a good idea. It's it's hard to it's hard to say. All I know is this is yet one more news of positive news about Rumble that I'm sure will be called selling out by the unwashed masses. If you had cash to invest when Rumble and locals, nope, but go we live, don't provide any financial advice. No, of course show, not. Of course, and we're very clear about that. Yes, but you personally, if you had some to invest, is that something you'd be uh, getting in on the I, ground? I would. Well, I am. Certainly entertaining the possibility of owning some Rumble stock. Nice. Have they even guesstimated what this is going to be uh, offering at? Oh, it's a multi-billion dollar company valuation, but I'm not sure how, how much of that shares? stock is going to be. Yeah. what well, I don't know what the target strike price is going to be. I don't, I haven't looked into the specifics of it. All I know is that I like everything I've been hearing, starting with their acquisition of locals, which I was a supporter of from the get go, which again, there was, Oh, Dave Rubin sold out. <laughs> now it's like, Oh, rumble sold out. It's like Jesus Christ, people well, learn something yeah. about how business works. It, it just because the businesses that have been around for 20 plus years in Silicon Valley are currently headed by liberals. Doesn't mean that every large company or every, every company that is growing to the size of a large company is a bad thing it's, it's like it's not the size that's the problem the problem is that these large companies have for whatever reason maybe it's their leadership uh, maybe it's just you know they've been around for 20 30 years but they have definitely become very liberal left-leaning in their support maybe it's because that's what the employees in those companies are and the company culture is simply reflecting the culture of the employees but for whatever reason, that is the culture. So to oppose a company coming from the opposite side that, that has been specifically focused on conservatives is it's kind of like if you think back in the day, I think back 20 years or so, when Fox News first came out with their uh, fair and balanced approach, uh, that was their their uh, masthead is fair and balanced. Right. Imagine being a Republican back then and think, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this. We need to shut them down. 
Right. Clearly, they're selling out. If if there's a company out there that is going to be doing the news, and they are conservative sounding, clearly, clearly, they're really Democrats, and they uh, this, they're up to no good. And you can't watch them. You can't support them. You, you shouldn't buy anything that's advertised on there. That's essentially what people are saying about Rumble right now. Well, it's the same mentality. When I was working for a country music artist that was actually at the top of her career at the time, I actually had a fan that was part of the fan club say, it'll be nice when she's back to playing clubs again. And I'm like, well, not for her, it won't. Well, I would agree with that sentiment. I Back when I used to be a, a music critic, I really enjoyed having those intimate small venues to listen to bands in. Uh, and performers versus the giant, big ass kind of, you know. Well, yeah, they're totally better for the fan, but for the artist, better for me. I don't know. I'm not even a fan. I'm just there to do, you know, to write a review of them, a scathing review, most likely. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, I really prefer the smaller venues. They're a lot more intimate, and like it's easier to hear things. And they bring closer. my nachos way quicker. Um, yeah, different venue types, but sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. But that's the mentality, which is, oh, yeah. this is they're getting too big. Well, yeah. with rumbles and rumble and locals, if they stick true to the principles they seem to be sticking to, then which getting big doesn't hurt literally anybody. their audience. Right. That's literally who they're catering to. Yes. Which getting bigger does not hurt that. If yeah. anything, it helps you go. Well, wow. Rather than being the video service that 30 people watch, they're actually right. going to be one thirty million watch. Wow, that's horrible. They're, they're actually going to be companies that have an alternative to YouTube to spend their advertising budgets on. Right. Oh, my God. What a horrible thing. Yeah. I don't get it, but I, under, I mean, no, I, idiots. That's that's the problem. And then there's there's plenty of idiots to go around on the conservative side. There's more on the liberal side, but there's plenty to go around on the conservative side. Right, because the people that believe you can set up your own Mastodon server on a Raspberry Pi at your house and offer a service like Twitter is dreaming. You could do that if that's your goal. If your goal is to simply be a consumer of a service oh, and right. not your own IT department. Right, but I mean, you want to run that kind of a company. You, uh, What now? I lost you. Like I'm saying, if you think you could run a Twitter competitor. Oh, by setting yeah. up a Raspberry Pi oh, right, in your house. Right, right, right. Okay, I, I see what you're getting at. Yes, yes. It's like, yeah. no, it takes more than that. And you don't even need to be on Twitter. Nobody needs to be on Twitter. It, it just doesn't make sense. But how else would I get you, tweets? Did you read about the uh, five-year deal that Apple made with the Chinese government that was valued $275 billion? I saw the headline. I did not get into the minutia of this. Is it a, were they selling out? Should I, we, we'd Oh my God. Apple selling, selling out? out. I can't believe Apple would sell out to a place where they sell more iPhones than they do in the U S. Ooh, good point. And where they manufacture them incidentally. Good point. So yeah. Is Apple really an American company these days or not? Are any companies really American companies now that Biden has made it almost impossible to make money as an American company? Many companies really should be thought of as maybe not really being, maybe they've sold out. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe in that case, selling out bad or good. I mean, they're taking the money. I mean, I have a split thought on things like this because there are people that will really go 
nuts. I don't remember what movie it was recently. Yeah. One of these big superhero movies where they took out a gay thing or something like that for the Chinese audience. And they're like, oh, how horrible that is. It's like, but if they didn't, they wouldn't be able to make the movie right at all completely. So, you know, you have to work by the rules that you have in every country. You don't get to control what the rest of the world does. And you have to deal with that. I mean, you if you want anybody in China to see the movie, then you can't have that scene, because if you leave that scene in, China says, no, nobody's seeing the movie then. So you either give in. That's very true. Yeah. And then uh, I get a story on the unemployment rate. Okay. So the uh, the rate of unemployment rises. Oh, uh, among the Cuomo brothers rises to 100 (laughs) percent. The Cuomo brothers. Yeah, yeah. And and incidentally, the unemployment rate among the Baldwin brothers is also at 100%. Yeah, but which one has killed somebody this week? Well, their careers have been dead for a while. So um, the the one that was keeping that average above or below 100%, it no longer has a career. And more stories coming out of people starting to think the way that I've been thinking for a while, which is that there's something more to this story and that possibly Alec Baldwin, who has been, and I posted a whole shit ton of pictures of him holding guns in a variety of movies for the last 30 years, that this, this guy who's literally been using movie prop guns for over 30 years, maybe actually intended to kill this person and blame it on an accident. It I've been following that for quite a while. And then I think more places are starting to open up to that idea. It's really good cover. As we met, talked about the last time, and when you think about it, it's the best cover you could possibly have. Well, not the to best. Kill somebody in plain sight. Yes, is the best way to have an alibi. I mean, how many classic movies and books and television shows were about the perfect who done it? In mm-hmm. this case, you don't even have to hide who done it. No. no, you just have to blame the equipment that you were using. Yeah. In this case, it's not even like it was somewhat believable because although we have a population that by and large, a lot of people don't understand firearms and they will remember the story of the Sig Sauer that the FBI agent dropped and it went off and they'll be like, well, yeah, maybe guns can go off if you don't pull the trigger. Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But oh. I think sours can definitely go off. I've had my own issues with that brand. It's like you need to be careful. I mean, it's ironic because it's a Swiss company and you'd think they would make high quality precision instruments, but the like the most issues I've ever had with a gun was with a six hour. You got to know these things, but when you go back to a Colt, that single action uh, revolver. Yeah. And incidentally, can I say that the gal he killed, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, because uh, I'm not good at memory today. Right. Uh, We're getting your memory chips she redone. She is, uh, oh, I hope so. Uh, she is pretty damn good looking for a 40-something-year-old chick. Which is way older than anybody you'd ever go out with. Well, she's also dead, and I'm not <laughs> big into necrophilia. But the I just we have to say that, uh, yeah, you learned that I'm not into <laughs> necrophilia. That's that. That's, I think that says more about what we learned about Darren today. That, that's a surprise. Mm, what? You're not into necrophilia? Oh my god! And I do a podcast with you? Really? 
Yeah, but See, Crank Podcast. Crank there's, Podcast. There's a show opener for you right there. No, I already have Crank Podcast. Uh-huh. I, I actually, it's one of the few times I've actually gone and looked at the time code and went, yeah, I, need, <laughs> I need to go back there to make this easier. You, know, you, you can use the notes field out of uh, Zencaster to jot things like that down. Nice. I just have a text, you know, Notepad++ open, and uh, I go the old-fashioned route. It, it will timestamp things for you. Oh, nice. Sort of. But the Baldwin um, thing, I I do find yeah. it to be an interesting story, and I agree with you that there is more there than we've originally there, heard. There. And mm-hmm. the question is going to be because he did it with uh, the the Democrat apologist, right, uh, Stephanopoulos. He did the mm-hmm. the interview with. I'm wondering Snuffleupagus, Snuffleupagus, right? I'm wondering if who made the bigger mistake. Was it Baldwin doing that interview or Jesse Smollett getting on the stand? I'm not sure because both of them seem to kind of have. Uh, they were interesting. They were both. And then, of course, we had uh, the photos of, of Putin. Oh, yeah. The, doing his call with Joey. Well, no, no, no not that one. I was going to say doing the handshake with the, uh, the president of India uh, or see the premier of India. I'm not even sure what the title is. Uh, because they just signed a major military deal cooperation agreement, which it's when I posted that the first response I got, well, RT, you can't believe them. They're just lying. They're just Russian propaganda. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I know you're Russian propaganda. I had to reply back with a link from the New York times. I'm like, okay, is that one better? Did did, you know, do does where the news come from change the news? To a lot of people, yes, which is also sad. It is it is crazy. I I don't understand. It's like there are there's there've been plenty of instances where the National Enquirer has been more on target than CNN. Well, that's because sometimes the National Enquirer is actually trying to get a story out and not push propaganda. Right? Especially about Bigfoot. Yes, of course. Well, I mean, the guy that owns the National Enquirer was friendly to Trump, of course, which made them horrible people too oh yeah that's that's evil then of course we have the doj suing the state of texas because they didn't like the fact that their texas decided to not gerrymander and therefore uh the federal government wants to step in and enforce gerrymandering which will uh facilitate majorities out of minorities in certain districts is they going to go after states like Illinois that have been doing this for Democrat reasons? Uh, <laughs> yeah, different, different. What, 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 yeah, what? Totally not the same. Mm-hmm. Some of these districts are just insane. There's like a foot, you know, about 15 miles long and a foot wide that connects yep. you know, part of the districts. Yeah, that's that makes total sense. What, what could you possibly do otherwise? Yeah, I know you could just do squares, but no. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. Well, then the last thing I had that I just wouldn't mind mentioning is the that anyone who is playing Star Citizen. Not, well, no, that that's a good point. We'll have a link in the show notes uh, to Star Citizen uh, game code. But uh, it's it's a a fun game. Everybody should at least watch a video. I don't even care if whether you play it or not. But if if you watch a video and it it doesn't make you interested, then it's the wrong game for you. But if you watch the video and you're like, wow, this looks cool. Use the code and like, uh, no, the story about black rifle coffee, because I've been like, I noticed this back from when the original 
uh, incident with um, uh, Rittenhouse happened in Wisconsin is that the Black Rifle Coffee guys, which you would think the name Black Rifle, right? Sounds right. like they're pro-gun, pro-conservative. You would think. I mean, that's their think. branding, that's, too, right? That's who they're trying to peddle coffee to, after all, is conservatives that like guns. That uh, they came out instantly uh, calling him a murderer and and saying that, you know, he had no business. Well, he was wearing one of their T-shirts, blah, blah, right? Blah, 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 blah. He was wearing uh, one of their T-shirts, right. like, right, right after he was arrested. Exactly. And so they came out with this very anti-gun. And now there's been another story that, that talked about, found some, I guess, internal documents where they talk about their idiot customers. <laughs> and Nice. I mean, it's like, what? who in their right mind? I haven't been specifically looking for anything related to Black Rifle Coffee, but these guys are clearly need to be on the list of companies that are woke because they are. They're a woke company whose marketing department figured out that nobody is targeting targeting gun-toting conservatives for coffee. Because clearly Starbucks isn't, and none of the other brands for make-your-own-coffee-at-home are. That that was what they started doing. That was damage. And just because somebody served in the military doesn't mean that you ought to be following them and thinking that they're patriotic Americans. There's a about half of people that serve in the military don't like the country. They don't like America, and they would prefer that people like Biden change it to what their image is. So I don't. I think this is an old idea back from when only quote unquote patriots served in the military. The reality is, people go into the military because it's a job. It pays decently, if not a lot for sure. But for people that don't have other options. People that can't afford to go to a Ivy League school, uh, going to the military is a good way to get college paid for and to be able to essentially live on nothing because it's all provided for you while you're there uh, while still receiving a salary. And then in the end, uh, you've got medical coverage for the rest of your life that you wouldn't have if you didn't serve in the military. So, yes, there is higher risk, certainly. But not that high. The number of people that actually die in the course of active duty is much lower than the number of people that die from car accidents in this country. I thought it was interesting. I have a friend whose grandson mm -hmm. went to West Point for a year or two. Yep. And then decided to drop out. Okay. And legit will be considered a vet forever. That's military service. That's not service. That's education. I'm. Just saying that is part of the deal, which is which I thought was amazing. So veterans benefit stuff like that. You're considered active. That duty. makes no fucking sense to me. It's Are you sure about that? Yes, you're, you're totally sure. No, I'm sure. You can I, look this up. It was crazy to find that out. But he went and then ended up working for like Deutsche Bank or something like that. Real smart kid. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are weird things. But as far as these companies go. My mom just got a bottle of wine from somebody. It was We the People wine, and you go, mm -hmm. and it's like a two and a half minute commercial, and it's like Ronald Reagan and MLK, nothing to do with wine. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know what this is. I mean, the wine was okay, but they're selling it for like probably 35 bucks a bottle. And I said to her, I'm like, no, this is probably the same wine mm -hmm. you could buy at Costco for 10 bucks a bottle. 
that they took and rebranded. That's all they added to this was the branding. And they're pushing like, oh, we support conservative candidates. We give money to this, this, and this. It's like, yeah, that's great. Buy wine that is correctly priced that you like and then give to charities that you support. That makes Mm -hmm. a lot more sense than having some other company. The minute you give me two and a half minutes about your product and it's nothing about the product, I kind of am concerned. Well, it's a trend in advertising these days. It really has more to do with creating a feeling of we're like you with your consumers than it is with actually talking about a product that you're selling. The idea being that you're more likely to spend money with or buy a product from somebody you like right. than, than you are to buy a product just simply because of the facts about the product. It's all division again. It's just, I mean, I like Target overall as a company. I know they're completely yeah. woke, though. And it makes me cringe when I go to the Target website because I do, you know, once or twice, maybe a week because to see if they got a price on something or to buy something. And the first thing they have is black owned or black created businesses, you know, and that's the products that they're selling in that category. I I mean, the irony of that is just staggering. Yes. Literally playing to the Nazi types out there. Yes. By saying, hey, by the way, we're going to make it easy for you to know what not to buy. Yes, that's exactly was my point, too. It's like, I understand that's why, why I, you're that's doing why I it. jumped in there. Yes. Steal it from you. Yes. It's yes. Like, it's like, one, it's horrible that can you imagine if Target was like, well, here's white owned businesses than products that you can buy. Well, then they would be mm-hmm. racist. But <laughs> you're like, here's a black owned business. That's racist, too. Here's an idea. People create a product. They put it out there. And if it's good. I don't care what they look like. I'll buy the product. Yeah. Except for women owned. Those I don't really <laughs> want to buy. Sir Gene at Sir <laughs> is lady. Although you'd like that a mass influx of women. You would be like, hey, honey, mm-hmm. I'm Gene. You want to want to go out sometime? How old are yeah. you? Can you send a photo? Here's, here's the a, contract. Right. Here's the contract. My lawyers. Chat. My lawyer. <laughs> See, most people before a first date do not say my lawyers will be in touch. Gene, that's usually after the first date. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I don't know. People just, you know, they take unnecessary risks. <laughs> By dating and incidentally, you. Incidentally, oh, <laughs> uh, and I was completely right. I just looked it up here. The total number of deaths in the military for the last 15 years is 18,571. Well, that's so because roughly so much is done A little now. over a thousand people a year. Out of those, 80% were inside the U.S. These yeah, are training. accidental deaths. Yeah. yeah. So really, combat-related deaths, you're, you're talking about 250 a year or less. Well, and combat, so every every yeah. time I hear somebody talking about, you know, the, the thanks for your service and you taking all these great risks to save our country, dude, it's a fucking job, okay? It's a job with some risk that you get paid for and you get a certain type of benefit for that you will not get if you don't do that job. I have nothing against people taking that job. I, in fact, when I had a company doing, uh, doing concealed carry, um, and handgun training courses, uh, I predominantly worked with veterans, uh, getting them acclimated to carrying firearms on their person as civilians. So that, that was our niche. That's what we did. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be perceived as somebody that is against the military i'm definitely not it's one of the few things that legitimately should be part of the federal government um 
But at the same time, I think that there are certain people that just really go overboard with ascribing a whole slew of traits to people that have been in the military, that have served, that have uh, worked in the field, either as officers or uh, as enlisted, simply because they did that. And the reality is they're all individuals. They're all regular people. They all have their own weird little quirky things about them. Uh, there's plenty of those people that share political beliefs with me. There are plenty of them that don't. And just because somebody served the military, don't assume you know what their ethics are like, what their politics are like, or what their sexual interests are like. All of those things should not be determined by whether or not somebody served in the military. Very true. And war is a little different now. I mean, I know there are still boots on the ground. We haven't had a war in 70 years. Right. And if we were to have another world war, it's not boots on the ground. It's going to no. be airplanes and it's drones. drones in the sky. <laughs> right. It's drones in the sky, baby. That's it. Drones in the sky. That's yeah. Well, and tactical nuclear weapons, as was recently uh, uh, mentioned by, uh, who was it? It was one of the, I believe it was a congressman from the, in, in uh, I can't remember which state it was, that was greatly in support of, of pushing Biden closer to the next world war in suggesting that uh, the U.S. Uh, ought to be prepared for boots on the ground, uh, drones in the sky, and uh, tactical nuclear weapons should Russia interfere with Ukraine. Yeah. Well, if, if drones in the sky are going to win the next world war, Amazon and Walmart may, only, may control the world. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be... Uh, if the Democrats are stupid enough to get us into a war because they think that's the only way that Biden save Biden. Yeah. Uh, Biden's uh, yeah. His popularity is going to go up. Uh, they, they really need to find another third world country to do it with because Russia is just the wrong choice here. I'm, I'm being pragmatic. This has nothing to do with, with my uh, being a, KGB a Russian agent, agent as right. some of you people seem to like Adam think Th this is just a very pragmatic. It's like, I would much rather us be in a pretend war with a uh, third world dictator, which is why Iraq and Iran are so good. Exactly, at this. They're convenient. They're easy. They're, uh, they're easily distinguishable from us. They, they look different. They have different religions. They're easy to other. You but, just want more six foot blonde Russian women in this country. Uh, no, I, I don't. I, I did it one time and I made that happen, but no, I really don't anymore. <laughs> Been there, done that, huh? Been there, done that, man. Well, uh, but, but no, it's just like, it's a, it literally is analogous to the Cuban missile crisis right now. We're, we're getting damn close to it. We're, uh, the push right now with Biden is to effectively install missile batteries in Ukraine on the border with Russia. I mean, we were ready to go to nuclear war 60 years ago with Russia, with the USSR, when they started moving uh, missiles in Cuba, which is 80, 80 miles off the coast of Florida, you know, over a thousand miles from Washington, D.C., 
And uh, right now we're talking about literally doing the exact same thing to Russia on the country that's right next to them. So I, I think it's a, it's a very bad move. And I think for people that, that don't see what's happening with China, who is greatly benefiting from, oh, look over there syndrome from uh, anything else that happens, any other kind of scandal that happens means China and their relationship to the U.S. isn't being looked at. And it's not just about the Uyghurs. I mean, the Uyghurs, that, that's definitely a big issue with China where they, they have state-sanctioned slavery. But that aside even, what China has been doing to this country in terms of uh, stealing information, getting uh, advantages over American companies, or, I mean, $270 billion from Apple? Uh, like, well, where do you nothing. think that money goes? Who do you think is getting that money? And that's it's, nothing. Data is king, and China has all of our data. Well, I have your data. I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or any of that crap. If you're on the internet at all, man, they got your data. If you have an Apple Watch, they got your data. You got a Samsung phone, they got your data. But what? The, only the data that you have on there. Don't keep data <laughs> on there. You don't want them to have. We will. We will be discussing this and more next week. On this week in KGB. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Doesn't, the, the show does. Otherwise, they won't come back. It's unrelenting. Yeah. Unrelenting. I mean, go subscribe too. Use the new RSS yeah, and some, feed. And and look, we did a great job of not even mentioning uh unrelenting.locals.com this whole episode. So really for us doing that, you all ought to go to locals and sign up. Check it out. There's content. You'll like it. Yeah, like the whole pre-show and post-show of this episode is on there uh, for people that are supporters. Wait, of I have show. to talk to you after the show, too. Yeah, it might be a short post-show. <laughs> that's for sure. We'll see you next week, everybody.